Welcome, family. Good evening. Good evening, Grandpa. Oh, it's me if I preach not the Gospels. Corinthians 9.16. Amen, Grandpa. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith, and the Red State USA tour is almost over. Can you believe it? It just began, and now it's almost done. We've done nine shows so far. New York, Boston, Chicago, Minneapolis, Ann Arbor, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Springfield, Washington, D.C. They've all run red. We only got a few shows left. We may be coming to your neck of the woods. Listen very closely. March 22nd, I'm going to be at the Paramount Theater in Denver with Red State for the movie and the Q&A. March 26th, we're going to be in New Orleans. March 28th, we're going to be at the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas. March 29th, the Cobb Energy Center in Atlanta, Georgia. April 4th, the McCall Hall in Seattle, Washington. And April 9th, we wrap up the tour at the Wiltern Theater right here in Los Angeles, California, Big old cast and crew screening. Bunch of cats going to be up on stage who are actually in the movie. And me too, who's not in the movie, but I did make it. Come on out. Weird things happen. It's a, it's, it's like going to a Grateful Dead concert as a movie, man. It's such a cool experience. Come on out and join us. Tour is almost done. For tickets, go to coopersdell.com. Gonna get grown up in here. Listen to this. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith, and on May 9th, we're going to launch Sir Smodcast Internet Radio. Smodcast Internet Radio. Now an embedded live radio station at Smodcast.com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's it. SIR Radio. Kevin and Jen. This morning show. Jay and Silent Bob get jobs. Yes. Sir Radio. Live. Live. Fresh content on Sir Radio. With four original hours of daily programming. And all of it's free. Don't cost you a dime. Smodcast Internet Radio. Live, fresh, content. Three, three, two, two, one, one, one. Kevin Smith has a radio station. (laughs) Smodcast Internet Radio begins May 9th. Y-E-S-S-I-R. On your phone, laptop, in your car. Funny, seven days a week. (laughs) Smodcast.com. Thanks to Stitcher.com. Hey, Matt. Hey, Brendo. What's going on? I just got some cool comics. Get the I'm fuck out them. of here. You're reading them right now while you're talking to me? Oh, yeah. I love you're, reading you're comics. A, you're a multitasker, Brendo. That's what I do. What comics did you get, dude? I got the Scott Pilgrim box set. No way. You love Scott Pilgrim. I do. Ugh, you always talk about that Scott Pilgrim, man. He's my boy. You, you and Scott Pilgrim are homies, right? Yeah. You're down for the pound, man. Yeah. You and Scott, you go way back. Yeah, we're fighting those people. You're fighting his evil exes with him. Yes. You're like, you need some help fighting your evil exes. I'm down, man. I'm a fucking team player. Use me as a shield. That's what he does. That's our tactic. He just grabs you by the fucking back flaps and he's like, no one can get through me. I got a Brendo shield. So that's how you fucking, <laughs> that's how you do your research, man. You read some Scott Pilgrim comics? Yes. What else, what other comics you got? Um, well, I, I've been reading, um, the new Spike comic from Brian Lynch. Spike man, like the fucking Snoopy's hippie cousin. No, well, that'd be cool. Oh, he should have his own comic book. Work on it, man. That'd be cool. But no, call Spike, Charles Schultz. Spike the vampire. Call Charles M. Schultz. Oh yeah, sure. I'll call him up. He's he's, he's, in, he's in heaven. Wait, what? Charles Schultz. What are you talking about? He's dead. When did this happen? Several years ago. Are you being serious? Ten years ago. Oh, commercial over. I gotta. What? This really happened? He died a long time ago. <sighs> um, Golden Apple Comics is a good comic book store. Um, they have comics. I'm sorry, I'm kind of, my world is shook. No! 
I'm just kidding. Ooh, I got you, folks. You were scared for a second. Where did you get these fine comics, Brendo? At Golden Spike. Apple Comics. At Golden Apple Comics. Yes, folks, Golden Apple Comics, serving Hollywood and the surrounding areas for over 35 years, and now serving you on the internet. Check out goldenapplecomics.com for all your comic book needs. And They've, statues. And statues. They've got Japanese statues. shirts. They've got Japanese. Do they really? Can we? Sh- I don't had, know if we should claim that. They had they like have Japanese, Japanese Green Lantern shirts. All right, they've got a Japanese Green Lantern shirt. They've got trade paperbacks. They've got uh, action figures. They've got minibus. They've got everything you need at a price ready to move, ladies and gentlemen. So head on over to GoldenAppleComics.com. Give them your hard-earned ducats or your ill got gains you know what i mean i got Coke. lots of those ill got gains oh brendo all his gains are ill gotten brendo he just be robbing people and shit he's like give me your money i need to buy some stuff at golden apple comics yes we don't condone that but we do condone golden apple comics check them out Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt Cohen, Bagged and Boarded. Yo, how's it going, ladies and gentlemen? I am Matt Cohen. Welcome to Bagged and Boarded here at the illustrious Mod Castle here in sunny Los Angeles, California. And I say sunny because that's one of the rules here. It's always sunny, and there are always trannies on Santa Monica and La Brea. Those are two constants you can depend on in life. And that you'll see Giovanni Ribisi. I saw Giovanni Ribisi on my way here, not two blocks away. I see that dude maybe twice, three times a week. I've never met him, and like we have nothing in common. But apparently he just likes to hang out a lot. It's like, where's Giovanni? He's somewhere out in Hollywood, just being a Scientologist. You know what I mean? Like searching for fetons or something. Um, Welcome to Bag and Board. As always, uh, we're here at the Smodcastle. We are brought to you by the fine folks at the Smodcast Network and Golden Apple Comics, the greatest comic book shop in all the land. Uh, I am Matt Cohen, and uh, you are joining me on an auspicious occasion, folks. I get a chance on this show to talk to a lot of people uh, who have inspired me, some, you know, people who I'm really big fans of, stuff like that, uh, but, but rarely is it a... Uh, the importance, like, a, the gentleman tonight had in my life. Um, I remember being a, in about eighth grade, I'm going to say ninth grade, and a little show called The Tom Green Show came on to MTV. And uh, I was like, all right, well, th- there's my life mapped out. Like, what I do, I can do. Just film it. Like, that's... Like that, it, it was, it was a, it was a breakthrough moment for me, honestly, in terms of, in terms of my comedy growth, because it was like, I thought doing that stuff was what made me a retard, not what could get me a career possibly. And here was someone doing it masterfully and, and kind of like at the same time giving a big fuck you to the whole industry and, and the traditional comedy world. And, and it was really exciting and inspiring and, and, it's continued over the years, and I got uh, we got the luck to kind of know him uh, as he did some shows here at the Smodcastle, and uh, it's been a blast. And this is one of the uh, one of the highlights of my my comedic life, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome Mr. Tom Green. Holy God. Wow. I said, wow! How are you, sir? What an intro! What an intro! This is the highlight of my comedic life. <laughs> Look at this. What a crowd! What a crowd! 
hosting SNL or me Thank fucking jizzing all over no, it. This yeah. is it, man. This is it. Thank you very much. I see you've changed the uh, the, the setup a little here. bit. Yeah, the things tables are, different. It's been a minute, uh, man. It used to be a dividing. I mean, not to you know, it is theater of the mind, <laughs> right? People at home listening don't know what I'm talking oh, about. There yeah. used to be a table in the middle. Now it's more of a dais. I feel like I'm. Uh, we're at a press conference. We're sportscasters. Like, yeah. I'm the color commentator, and I yeah. don't know anything about the sport we're, we're, yeah, we're watching. Yeah, sportscasters. You know? We're the... Uh, I'm Neil Armstrong. Absolutely. Uh, we're boxer. We're rival boxers. Just returned from the moon landing. We have four reporters here to <laughs> ask us questions. We're full it's of a, fucking tang and yeah. ready to talk, folks. Yeah. You know this what is, I mean? This is cool, but, you know, I'm uh, I'm excited to be here on the other side of the desk, too. You know, I've done five... You did from this. Uh, get a little bit closer to the mic if you could, sir. Oh You've yeah. Done, um, yeah. You, no, you, see, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I've never done this before. Well, you do. It I don't know. A, I don't know anything. You do about, with a tripod. Uh, You've done five microphone sh- holding you, a mic. Where to hold a microphone, man? What do I know about that? Doesn't matter. I've only been touring the world for the last year and a half, doing shows every night. Now you you tell me that I don't know how to hold a microphone. You don't That's do a lot, that, Matt. You don't do those shows with microphones around. Yeah, no, okay. but I mean, I hold them out here. I mean, you, you tell me I'm holding the microphone wrong for a year and a goddamn half. There might be a chance. Um, God, no wonder my career is so screwed. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. No, man. Not screwed at all. Speaking of not Holy screwed. Holy fuck! This is what I'm happens. I'm being a guest. Actually. I will never, I will I prefer, never talk about someone's microphone etiquette ever again. I prefer being a guest over being the host, actually. Cause you I, get to I, scream and shit? Yeah, you get to, uh, cause when you're a host, you have to be polite. You don't want to, Talk too much, make the guest feel like you're, you know, raining on his spotlight or whatever. When you're a guest, this is this is all about me. This is my fucking yeah, absolutely, show, right? it's about man. Me. I, can I, say I shut the fuck I want. I shut right? up. Yeah. yeah, hold the mic wherever you want. Yeah, take I your fucking clothes off. Fuck I want. <laughs> See? So if you know, if you've listened to my podcast over the year, a lot of people would say, "Oh, you're so calm when your podcast." It's because I'm interviewing. Was interviewing Ab- Bill Burr oh. or Norm Macdonald or Harlan Williams. Bobcat Goldwaite. Yeah. yeah, let them be funny, right? Let them be funny. I don't come in and like tell them they're holding their fucking mic wrong or something like that, right? No, I'm just joking. Um, I, I, I yeah, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop podcasting. No, it's okay. Now. I, I was just, holding the mic wrong. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure the people out there heard everything you were saying. So they're speaking of podcasting. It's just, though, I'm sure nobody at home knew I was holding the mic wrong, right? They couldn't see that I was holding it wrong. They might be able to hear it. They might have just thought I wasn't talking loudly enough. <laughs> they yeah. might have been disappointed by that. I recognize the entire audience. That's how. It's a, we got a, we have a, we have a communal environment. We all have sex after the show. We yeah. all share clothes. That yeah. dude's wearing my hand-me-down pants. Yeah, no, I know you, I, I know you wanted everyone to hear me and, uh, and I appreciate that. And, uh, I pro- I shouldn't have yelled and, uh, you gave it's me st- such a nice introduction. It starts to show up and on then a good I come tempo. out and I'm screaming and, uh, you know, I feel, now I feel bad. No, 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 badly. no Okay. Not at all. It sets a good pace for the show because if we're screaming in the first two minutes, it can yeah. only go up from okay. there, right? Yeah. There's some kind of math that works for that. Yeah. Uh, you've been doing a podcast for the past uh, year or so, kind of on and off, and you've been doing it here from the Smodcastle. Yes. I love this place. This place is a an amazing part of Los Angeles. Uh, and, uh, Absolutely, man. Uh, uh, so in, 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 did you know, before we go back to the beginning, did you know what a podcast was before you kind of jumped in the waters here a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew what a podcast was. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the cutting edge, man. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're up on the Twitter and that, all that, yeah, Friendster on, and all that. I'm, I'm on Twitter. I've got myself a MySpace page. Uh, you still got the MySpace? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100,000 uh, fans. Well, never get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm on Friendster. Absolutely. I got it. No, but, you know, I know what a podcast is. 
I, you know, it's, it's funny, like when podcasting first started, whatever it was, you know, when they started getting going like five years ago or something like that, I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to plug cameras in. I'm going to do a, a, a television show, right? Cause, and, and I did all this stuff and uh, thought Which I was, we'll you know, about, so yeah. cutting edge and all this stuff. And then, you know, look what happens. Podcasting takes off. Little Turns out people know. just don't want to see. Little did the, you know you need to do 90% yeah. less work and just yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah, you just plug a mic in <laughs> and you're done. People don't want to see... Uh, the people that people don't want to see in general. No, they anymore. just want to hear. People don't want to. They just they just want to use their ears and not their eyes. Blind people are so in vogue right now. Like yeah. they they they've been there for years. Oh, Everything's yeah. a podcast to them. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? Yeah, they're the cutting edge ones. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you come. Stevie, he, Stevie Wonder's got a great podcast. Oh, and he has for like for the last forty years. It's called the Planet Earth. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah, his whole everything, everything in his life is a podcast. Absolutely, yeah. it's uh, it's number one in his iTunes because he can't yeah. see the rankings. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now we're making fun of uh, Stevie Wonder. It's all right. He's for, he's a much better blindness. Person we're really, really off to. A, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, uh, that's but, it for but it's, me. Fun, that's it's it funny. It's funny. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> now there for, goes your your duet yeah, with Stevie Wonder. Uh, yeah, really. No, but uh, you know. But but I'm, it's funny you say we're we're making fun of speaking wonder. Stevie we're not wonder, making fun. Of but him. we're not making fun. And and no, we're not making fun. And a reason that we should say that is you come from the land of not making fun. You you're, no, you're from the the most polite place on the face of the earth. Would you? Say I don't that? like to make fun of of uh, Stevie Wonder. Bl- of Stevie Wonder, yeah. Or or blind people, or just people primarily that are Stevie less, Wonder people that me. have uh, disabilities. Uh, what about I lepers? Really, I, I don't really enjoy making fun of people that. Uh, are in any way uh, less fortunate, you know. Um, you know, not saying Stevie Wonder's less fortunate. The guy's a billionaire. Yeah, He's written yeah, all the best I, music in the history of the there world. There are people who would rip their eyes out right now to oh, be Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would do it if there yeah. was a way that I, mean, I could. Uh, we, then we would get a camera. See that we would get a camera for it, and yeah. the whole thing turns in on itself. Then what happened though is I'd rip my eyes out, and then you'd tell me, "Well, you really have no power to to give me those that kind of talent." I, I am not the Stevie Wonder God. Yeah, yeah. and then it would and be I'd really just be disappointing. Walking around blind and talentless, right? You could do the once upon a time in the Mexico look like Johnny Depp, and just throw on some shades. Oh yeah, become a uh, uh, FBI. You guys aren't fans of Robert Rodriguez, all right? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You come from Canada, sir. The uh, the land of niceness, right? As a lot yeah. of people like to say. Well, I mean, you, you're from Ottawa, is that correct? Americans think Canadians are nice. We do. You guys, we are not apologize and we are not hockey. nice. We're not nice. Uh, basically, Americans always say this to Canadians. They say, "Oh, you guys are so polite." What they don't understand is Canadians are just polite when there's an American around. <laughs> The second we leave, yeah, the, uh, yeah, because you know they want to impress the American. They want the American to think, "Wow, these Canadians are really nice," and "Wow, is Canada ever nice?" And I like Canada, but really, Canadians are not nice. Canadians are bitches and bastards. They're just really good actors. Yeah, we are yeah. a bunch of <laughs> angry fuckers. Really, is it, is it the cold? It's you fucking think? cold. We're pissed off. We are. Uh, we hate popular music. We hate it. You go up there. Everybody in the entire country is wearing a black turtleneck. They got, you know, they've been tattooing themselves head to toe since the '60s. Okay, it's like uh, it's this sort of angry, cynical society. That's why you got a lot of co- uh, comedians from from. Well, Canada, it's absolutely. Right? They're angry. They like to pick things apart. They like to trash things. But then when an American's around, you know, because they're used to Americans saying things to them like. Do you guys live in igloos up there, or uh, who's your prime minister? Do you have math? What's the capital yeah. of your country? Or uh, and and so because we're so 
embarrassed, I guess, that uh, the Americans don't know enough about us that we just sort of have to kind of put on a little bit of an act around America. It works, man. That's good, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. convincing. I had no idea. As soon, I'm as, the Amer- as, soon as the American leaves, though, the Canadian looks at the other Canadian and goes, fucking Americans. They pull out their dick. They start pissing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Fucking Americans, man. Uh, fucking comes up here. Doesn't even fucking know our prime minister's Pierre Elliott Trudeau. What a fucking moron, man. <laughs> You know, they don't even fucking know that we're their largest goddamn trading partner, that we're the fucking second largest country on the fucking planet. They don't even fucking know that. We're right fucking here. They know more about Mexico than they know about Canada. Fucking Americans, man. Oh, he's coming back. Hey, would you like some tea? <laughs> Tim Hortons, eh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You guys are like cute elves when you're in front of us and the second you turn away. We are like elves. We are, yes. we are so just wanting to please and you know now uh, every canadian listening to this is going to be so angry you at gave me. up the secret I mean, yeah, yeah giving away the secret you just did that like remember that magician guy who would go on tv and, yeah like, it's like mysteries the, of magic revealed i'm gonna do tricks. mysteries of canada revealed <laughs> secrets of canada revealed look out world <laughs> we're shaking Tune things in. up we're they, all assholes they don't like hockey we, yeah, we don't. No, we do like hockey. That's, that, okay. that's that's that 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 is one thing that they like. That one holds true. But you know, like like, nah, you know, it's it's getting more Americanized up there, though. I think. And also, I may I may only be speaking for myself as well. Well, great. Well, that's what I want to talk about your experience growing up. So, what you, I know I know that you were doing you were doing stand up at an early age, and you were you were involved in comedy, and you did a radio show. But going back to like. You know, when you were in school and stuff like that, what 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 were you were you a jock? Did, did you play hockey? Did you? I played you... hockey. Uh, I was forced by my uh, father. by the government. That's a mandatory. Pretty yeah, much yeah, by the government. Yeah, 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 absolutely. My father forced me uh, for the first ten years. Then, after I'd been playing for about ten years, I sort of enjoyed it. Um, there was a lot of good things about it. You know, you would uh, learn to work with others. Uh, you know, I basically learned that uh, people are fucking douchebags is pretty much what I learned from uh, from playing sports. At seven years old. Yeah, at seven years old, everyone's fucking mad at you because, you know, you missed the net or something like that. I remember that. I remember people, yeah. Sc- it's like, I'm not getting paid. Yeah, and then I'm you go a back child. in the dressing room when everyone's talking shit about you and stuff because you missed a net. Did you miss a net once? Is this the real? I think we're we're going. Uh, you know what? I almost feel like we should start the show again. I feel like I've gotten in a off on the wrong foot here. I'm trying to be positive. We'll take it back, man. We'll take it back right yeah. now. Let's get positive. What kind of yeah. stuff? You know, you, it's like you... I'm trying to stay positive in my life in general, and I always keep I keep falling into this trap of, you know, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll shout. I'll pretend I'm angry about the microphone thing. That's what I'll do. I, I didn't care that I, you told me to put the microphone closer. I appreciated it. <laughs> See, now you're revealing secrets of Tom Green. It's yeah, like, but I just started shouting. <laughs> what do you know about nine eleven? I, I mean, do this I, all the time on my web show. I'll start shouting at my technicians just because, you know, the, we've been doing it for two years and they still can't fucking make the, the the thing work. That's one reason. But then the other reason is just it's just something to do. You know. <laughs> It's just something to do. I agree. I, I mentioned Patrick Duffy way too often. You know yeah. what I mean? Everyone's got their, their fallbacks. Um, yeah. But do, let's get positive. It requires zero uh, to no preparation at all to get angry at the technician. You just scream, yeah. He's always there. You scream at him. It's a little controversial. 
Oh, we, you know, people, people, the technicians people write must me love all it. the time. <laughs> uh, people write me all the time, TomGreen.com. They say, uh, you should be, you should stop being such a jerk to your crew. You know? And they're, they're right. Little do they know there would be moments of silence, though, yeah. apparently, when you would have, yeah, yeah. They're right. Yeah, that's be. the screaming session of the show. But let's get positive, man. So you yeah. played hockey. Did you, did you read comic books, watch cartoons, that sort of stuff? Were you ever a geek? In in the in that kind of sense, uh, of yeah, the I was. I, I collected comic books for about six months. <laughs> I right. I collected probably about two hundred of them, uh, and then I was I sealed them all in plastic. You banged and, them and then I yeah. and then I actually sealed them inside a uh, used artillery shell, <laughs> which we had several of lying around the house because my father was a captain in the you Canadian guys were army. In a mil- lived on a military base, right? and then, yeah. yeah. And then when my parents, uh, you know, renovated the bathroom in the basement, uh, I sealed the artillery shell into the wall of the home. Uh, and then uh, about seven years later, uh, the, there was some mildew on the tile. They came in to repair it. And rather than just leaving it there, I, I took it out and I pulled all the comic books out. Uh, and then I, uh, I threw them in the garbage, actually. <laughs> and the time capsule no longer exists. So that's but I, because I, I looked at them and I realized they were valueless, you know? They were really valueless. I had, uh, Superman, Man of Steel series. I had the series called Nom. It was called yeah. Nom. I had the first few of those. Don't tell me now that that would be worth like no, none of no comment. Yeah, no, yeah, that was crap, right? Nothing. That was crap. The garbage bag you threw them out in. Yeah, I had some X Men. I had some X Men comic books and things like that. So, but uh, so that was your that was your comic book experience. Time capsule. Well, what's books. great about that though is you got to see a time capsule from start to finish. Like apparently we know what happens when a time capsule's over. You just look at the shit and throw it out. So you look at it and you throw it out. In a hundred years, there's yeah. going to be people digging up yeah. things all over the world, being like, "All right," and just yeah. fucking chucking Who it. Who the fuck Ugh. ever thought this had any <laughs> worth? Man of Steel's actually worth a lot of money. No, shut up, Derek. Yeah, it is the is, John Byrne series. Is it really? Yeah. Uh oh. What the fuck? How much? Is I that? thought we were trying to stay positive. How much is man? that worth? How like much? Is each it? issue is like maybe around twenty to twenty-five dollars. Oh, I don't give a fuck about All right, that. DJ D Rock. All right, we're keeping positive. We're keeping positive. So, so, so you were into comics for six months, and you were into burying them into. I mean, crawl things aren't spaces. going great, but they're not going that fucking bad. <laughs> That's a lot you know of money to me. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. But I'm just you saying. Can buy you buy a know, bunch of Blu-rays with that shit. You know? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So you you were burying comics and walls. You were playing hockey. What what else? What at what point did comedy enter your life, man? Were you a fan of stand up as a kid? Did you listen to stand up records and that kind of stuff? Did you watch a lot of SCTV? I loved SCTV. I loved Monty Python. I loved because uh, you guys David got Python. Letterman. You guys got Python before we did in Canada, I believe. I think yeah, it, it was airing seven times a day. That's yeah, yeah. You know, it would air every night on the main network too. You know, cause on the CBC network, it would air every night, and uh, which is different than finding it on some obscure little cable channel or on DVD. This was being pumped into our brains. You were from a very early on age almost, on yeah. Canadian television, so. Somehow it still seemed crazy though, even though it was on every day. Cause just cause, I guess just cause it's so amazing. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I remember, yeah. you know, on Monty Python's Flying Circus, the first time seeing them, uh, hiding behind the bushes and then they blow up the bush, you know, they, there's a guy behind this bush, this bush, or the, right? No, yeah, I just yeah, thought, yeah. okay, that was it for me. The hiding, yeah, yeah, that yeah was absolutely. It for me. That was it for me. What, what else, what were some other early influences for you, uh, in terms of comedy, uh, well, SCTV and Saturday Night Live and David Letterman was was a little later on, I guess. Uh, you know, um, I, I think I think a lot of a lot of it came from outside of entertainment in general. Just just more from uh, 
you know, growing up on in an army military brat background, we'd move every six months to a year. I'd have to make all new friends. No, totally. I'd start flipping out, falling off my chair in class, making fun of the teacher, getting kicked you out of the You had to get hall. like years worth of uh, yeah. fun And you get all it. these yeah, yeah, laughs totally. and then you realize, you know, this is actually much more important to me than learning whatever the fuck they're trying to teach me here. You know, spelling. People don't clap for spelling. Yeah, yeah fuck you know, that. I don't, yeah. I don't care about spelling stuff, you know. That'll, I'll figure that out. To this day, I, yeah, I don't care either. It still yeah. ne- never affected me. Math. Oh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. But... Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, it came from that, I think. Just, uh, I think I was just sort of also very hyperactive, you know, and then, and then when I saw other people doing it professionally, at that point, I knew that, uh, you know, that was something I wanted to try to do, you know. So in like high school and stuff, cause you, you were, you were, you were a big skateboarder always, right? You're yeah. still a great scrape, skateboarder, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm a lot okay. of people don't I'm know okay. that. Yeah. I was much better when I was a teenager, you know, you'd be out every day on the board. It would be something that I, uh, you know, lived and breathed and did you ever want to be like a professional skateboarder i did but i think you know you realize at a certain point at a certain point that you're not gonna be just well, just like with hockey you know you realize at a certain point oh you know half the people on my team are better than me that's really odds are i'm not gonna make the nhl i had that you with know? going to college i was like come on yeah, half the people on my team and i'm playing house league you know and there's <laughs> you know i'm not even playing in the competitive so. you are in canada though you never know i feel like the nhl is 90 percent canadian dudes yeah. probably yeah exactly <laughs> but you dream you dreamed about it skateboarding you dreamed about it but and i you know i think i realized at a certain point that anything that involved physical skill athleticism you know, you you can't really learn that. Some people are just naturally gifted yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. And I am not. It was always them. frustrating because you know the other guy and my friend and next door neighbor. We'd go down to the rink and he'd be skating circles around everybody, and you'd be thinking, well, maybe if I go down here and practice every day. So you'd go down and practice every day for a year, and he'd he'd still, he'd be, still skating be skating circles, circles without, circles, without yeah. trying it, without trying. You know, <laughs> some some people's bodies are more designed for speed and uh they're they've uh, different muscle mass uh they're just uh you know so at what point this is getting too serious at what man. point did you realize that you didn't have the now speed and muscle to get upset mass about my my hot my fledgling hockey, is that your hockey dream we hockey keep, it's dream. like this is your life but like a depressing version yeah my hockey something. dream not accomplished here's that girl that didn't fuck dream, you yeah, yeah not accomplished but speaking of the dream that was accomplished sir what comedy point, dream not accomplished but fuck that at what point were you you were like you were like skateboarding, no hockey, no comedy is me. At what point did that become the path for you? Because I know you were doing a radio. You started doing stand up at like fifteen years old, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and was that as a career, or were you like, I just like comedy, I want to have fun? Did you know at that age, like, this is who I'm going to be when I grow up as a job? I'm going to make people laugh. It was very inspiring when I discovered the comedy club in Ottawa. It was a room probably not much bigger than this. And, uh, maybe twice the size of, of the Smod Castle, but a small, a small comedy club. And, uh, it was called Yuck Yucks, and I started going down there to watch the other comedians, and I found out there was an amateur night, and I thought, oh, okay, this is amazing. So I, you know, wrote, wrote for a, you know, wrote a, wrote some jokes and went down and did that, and I was, after that I was hooked, I was at the club every, you know, two, three times a week for the next three And this years. is at like 15 years old. 15, though, right? 16, yeah. 17. 17 years old, 18 years old. Because that just seems, I, you always hear that with, I mean, most people would think that comedy is not, 
it's not a um, a heavily disciplined field, if that's the way to say it. People think that, like, oh, you're a comedian, you fucking wake up whenever you want. But it seems like most comedians have that story of, oh, when every when I was 16 and all my friends were out drinking and partying, I was at a comedy club three yeah. nights a week, or I was watching Letterman tapes obsessively or listening to Howard. You know what I mean? It seems like there's always some kind of sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, and it when was, other people it, it are being was, normal, kind of, it was fun. But there was a lot of times where, you know, clearly I would not be, you know, going out and partying with my friends because I'd be, you know, uh, up to some sort of scheme or whatever. But uh, you know, uh, I stopped doing stand up. I was too young to be doing it. You can't do stand up when you're. Uh, 15. What do you talk about? You know, right? If you're 15 yeah. years old and you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing stand up. Or even if you're already doing stand-up. Or screaming. He's giving yeah. you a lot of life lessons tonight. Yeah. If yeah. you're 15 years old and you're doing stand-up, just quit. Just quit. Go live your life for five or six years, seven years, and then come back and talk about what you you learned, what you saw out there. Because, you know, you can, you know, you really, I don't think, can really do it properly until you're at least in your 20s. What were your 30s. first stand-up routines like when you were 15? I think I was talking about... Sunday morning, Saturday morning cartoons, exactly, or yeah. serial commercials. What's or, sad is I'm 26 and that's my fucking main uh, shtick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but people yeah. work into niches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so after, so you stopped doing stand up. You started doing a uh, a radio show, right? Yeah, a radio show. Well, I, got, I was in a rap group. Oh, excuse me, I completely forgot. Did, then, I, did I miss organized group, rhyme? Yeah. We got this record deal, and that, that's sort of why I stopped doing stand-up. I went I went and pursued that for a couple You're of years. You're MC Bones, right? Yeah, yeah, organized rhyme. Yeah, we're on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. Everyone, organized I mean, organized, the thing is, um, organized rhyme you tell YouTube. people yeah. that Tom Green was a successful rapper, and they're like, come on, but you tell a Canadian person that, and they start going, check the OR. I mean, that yeah, song was, uh-huh. you guys were like the Canadian Beastie Boys with that single kind of, right? For one Amazing summer we were. Yeah. That's what I've been to, like huge, <laughs> but huge though, right? But, 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 but you know, before, you would turn on the radio and actually hear it on the radio. That's you know, cr- in before your, car, your comedy success. Was, you know, well, how did the that top come? Top ten about? at ten. How did that come about, man? Were you always rapping, or uh, I was, I was. You know, it started out. It was, an, it was basically an excuse to get up on stage at the at the Christmas concert. You know, I, I, I you know, at school in high school. They'd have all the bands. Yeah, would come yeah like out. a talent show or whatever. And yeah. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't in a band, and uh, I really liked rap music, and I thought it was a good outlet for comedy too. You know, just writing funny rhymes and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and it was like uh, it was it was fun. But uh, you know, it's kind of led me to do a public access radio show, and then and then and then that led me to do this. It went uh, on. This this TV because show you did, did. You, organized rhyme blew up and then you did an album as MC did the public access show Bones. then I was on MTV now I'm doing a television show in my living room so that's the transition things are going so well. does that mean in ten years like everyone on MTV, full circle yeah uh, everyone on MTV, like I'm gonna start a rap group again then move back in my parents basement I just love the concept that on everyone on MTV after like twelve years winds up doing a show from their living room yeah so like. True life, I'm a teenage mother or whatever, has like a radio show in her living room with her kid as her co-host and shit like that. I want that. to be on that I'm a teenage mother show as one of the fathers. Uh, you could try, man. I mean, That'd just find cool. where That'd they film. Com- I'm sure controversial. you still got MTV I could Connects. impregnate a 19-year-old, right? right? Yeah. I could impregnate a 19-year-old and that'd be my Physically, way back yeah, on MTV. Yeah, That's absolutely. how I get back on MTV. Holy shit, we just fucking we figured it, it out, dude. Matt. I'm back. I'm back in the mainstream. He's back, baby. I'm back in the goddamn mainstream. <laughs> Someone find us a 19-year-old. Someone find me a 19-year-old ethics. girl to impregnate. I'm back on television. <laughs> but let's speak about how you first got on television, man. So you were doing you were doing a radio show, um, a late night radio show, right? 
Yeah. A rap show after Organized Rhyme was a huge success. It's called The Midnight Caller. The Midnight Caller. And when you were doing it with uh, Phil, uh, with, um, uh, not Phil, but uh, Glenn Humplick, right? Uh, no, he was on a show after me. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not legally allowed to talk about him. Okay, and that was that will that will sum up a lot of questions a lot yeah. of people a lot of the listeners had right there. Yeah, no, I know people ask me about him all the time. There's your answer to, right I'm, there. Well, I, 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 actually, I can't even say why I'm not legally allowed to talk to, about him. I don't even know if I can say I'm legally. It no, just adds to the mystery, man. Yeah. yeah. So we'll leave it at that. That's yeah. fine. So there's your answer, fans. Take you it. Know, or, I, take uh, it or leave it. Yeah. That works, man. No, no, no. So, so from that, you start... You can find him, though, man. We're living in a connected world. I mean... Just find him and ask him yourself. <laughs> should Although, I have him on my... You're you telling me to? Like, I should yeah, have him I'm, on I'm my telling podcast? the listeners. I'm telling the listeners. Oh, okay. You can find him. We're in a connected world. Although, I think he might not legally be allowed to talk, talk about, about me either. Talk about you in return. Yeah, yeah. So... There's a lot, of legal, a lot of yellow yeah. tape, red tape, different colored yeah. tape. Um, you I, I wish I could talk about him, too. So, I got a lot to say about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if only there was a way. <laughs> yeah, you know. But unfortunately... Did the uh, laws apply in America? Are they only Canadian? Did we just find a loophole? My lips are sealed. You know, the Smart Castle is a sovereign nation. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh... I will say, though, that he, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun together. And uh, it's, uh, you know, sometimes people just move on in different directions in their lives. And uh, this is what we've we've all done. Uh, you know, and I think part of it is distance. You know, I'm here in Los Angeles, and he's up in Tuktayuktuk in uh, northern Canada. Well, uh, that's his problem right there. Working in a small fishing village. Uh, so did he, did he go Eskimo? He went Inuit after the show. Yeah. We can't legally say for sure, yeah. but yeah. he may have gone Inuit. Yeah, yeah. it's a good chance. Oh, yeah. Once you go Eskimo, you never. <laughs> yeah. Never go back. <laughs> so w- w- you made the transition from doing a radio show to to a public access television show, and you started filming stuff. Uh, kind of is that is that basically how it happened? It went organized rhyme radio show, and then you had the Tom Green uh, television show on public access. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was on the Rogers Community Cable. At what? So when did you start? Did you start filming stuff before that show just for fun? Kind of the the, the bits in yeah. the street and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I part of it was that was where I got access to the television equipment. Was that the public access? Was you actually got the cameras from them uh, and stuff? Yeah, because yeah, so, yeah. it wasn't that easy to get a video camera back then. I, I mean, one of my friends had one because his mother uh, owned a dance studio, so she had to have a video camera, and so we would sometimes sneak out and film bits with that. That was the first time I had my hands on a video camera. Was, and there were dancers. We didn't, have any were editing, we didn't have any editing equipment. So we would... This It's funny. I'm talking about this now like it sounds like... Uh, for at, at first I think, oh, this, this probably everybody did this. But now I'm realizing, no, no, I'm fucking old. <laughs> so probably a lot of people listening don't actually... Would even, wouldn't even believe They were born with fucking iMovie or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, quick time movies no, no, on their, no, totally. whatever. Quick movie, right? On their phone or whatever. You could edit, you could edit yeah. on your phone. Yeah, they have i, you could yeah, iMovie exactly. on your phone. But we would, we would, we would plug two VHS machines together Editing and camera, cut yeah. and you'd cut a little movie and every edit there'd be a static for about three seconds. So it actually didn't even really work, you know? But it was, it was still fun. It was never watchable. It was, uh, <laughs> something that maybe you only tried once or twice and then it never worked, so you never did it again. But, uh, so you, you know, I, I went, uh, went to school and took broadcasting. I'd already had this runaway hit record in Canada. Absolutely. Yeah, it was yeah. a runaway smash hit record. 
So when I went down to the Rogers Cable, you know, they gave me a show right away. I pitched them a show, and they thought that 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 because you were like, I'm ORs, MC Bones. Yeah, Yeah. it was like, uh, you know, uh, you know, it It was was like like the Canadian version of MC Hammer walking into the Smod Castle and asking if he could do a show. Absolutely, even if he still wants to, he can just talk about Jesus for an hour. That's all he does now. Give him a week. Yeah, you'd have talk whatever he wants about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, were you someone who, because seeing seeing your show, and I mean, even uh, in years later, they released the earlier the earlier public access stuff, I believe, or on DVD, or some of the earlier the pre MTV stuff. There's a lot of fucking bravery that goes into what you do, man. In terms of like just fucking with people and not being were you ever afraid was there a transition to the point of like okay i'm someone who can now go into public with a camera and a microphone and be this ridiculous kind of character and not be afraid of consequences or um you know what i mean because at first at first was it just like oh i don't give a shit like i think i was always afraid of the consequences always was you know that was what made it exciting you know i mean it was the rush of of of, but you know I was I was more afraid of people not watching the show, right, the know, po- yeah, and yeah. I realized that people would be more likely to watch it if something crazy happened. So uh, you know we would be pushing it all the time. Otherwise, it would have been a show about books, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah totally. kind of had to push push it a bit, and <laughs> and I kind of felt like it was fun to watch people get flustered, you know, on camera, you know, especially the, you know you know adults. Yeah, yeah. And that's an understatement for some stuff that yeah. went on. You know, yeah, when your you're parents, a, when you're a teenager too, yeah. in your 20s and you've been having all these adults tell you what to do all these years, and then you can sort of stick a camera in their face and piss them off, right? That was pretty fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and they deserved it, too. <laughs> Every the, single one. So go back and watch it. show. because of their adultness and all their bad people. Yeah. adulthood that they were their experiencing. Their gray hair and 401ks yeah. and shit like that. But hey, can I cut in and say something real quick? Hit me. Uh, uh, can I can I promote my shows this weekend? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes people like Say tune on, out. on the podcasts, right? Like they'll listen for twenty minutes and then they'll stop and they'll go out and get a you know a, a sandwich cupcake or something. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Sandwich cupcake. So just before they you know before people, I'm I'm doing shows. Yeah, yeah, week, absolutely. You're doing stand up this yeah. weekend. Yeah, I was excited that you asked me to come on in I Los came, Angeles. I, I came on here to promote my shows. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to to the Smod Castle audience. And I got bagged a, and boarded I, listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got I some got, people. We got all, some, and, and could, people can I ask iTunes. you a favor? Could you tweet it? Yeah, to your, absolutely, to your, man. Yeah, to yeah, all yeah your absolutely. Followers? Yeah, yeah. You, pro- you probably have a lot of followers. We got, in Los we got Angeles. some combined followers with all the different Smod Castle accounts yeah. and all that. Yeah, you probably have account. a lot of followers in Los Angeles. You know, you've you've you've, you've lived in Los Angeles a long time, have you? Uh, in, in three years. Me you know anybody yeah, yeah. in Los Angeles? A few people. Okay, so you know a few people. right? I know like three or four people. I need three or four more people. You got it. Come down there to the to the to the the Flappers comedy club in burbank i'm doing four shows oh nice and it's it's yeah. not often that I, I i get to do a full uh, weekend in los angeles because i'm touring a, a lot so it's kind of ex- exciting I'm very excited about it i'm doing four four shows four full shows uh two on friday and two on saturday night at flappers so in burbank it's a great friday club. april 8th and and saturday april 9th yeah, this, flappers this in week, burbank this, this weekend week. yeah if you guys listen to the show right now it's it's either tonight or tomorrow night and yeah. it'll go out on friday yeah yeah it's so, gonna be posted before friday yeah yeah right? absolutely so okay, get yeah. down yeah 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 it'd be like you know if, if, if you post this on monday then it's, it's not, not gonna, gonna help you it'll not be, gonna help it'll, me at it'll all, be yeah you know? no 
So, so we're not going to do that. So you no. So come down to Flappers and get you get to see Tom do some stand up, which we're yeah. going to talk about in a minute. But that's and I'd been like your, you to come down. And oh, see absolutely, what I'm doing. man. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's, I'd like you to come down. And see that's what I'm doing. that's been your thing lately. is stand up this year, right? And we're gonna you got some big yeah. stuff coming up, and yeah. we'll touch on that. But let's let's jump back. So now they got their cupcakes, they got their sandwiches. They're good. They got they're ready for the second round. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, television show is going well. You got the public access show. It's happening. You've been you've done it for a few years now. How did MTV happen, and how did that change things for you? Uh, you know, well, we did, actually, we got picked up by a real network in Canada for two seasons first. The After? Can, the comedy network. Okay, absolutely. And this was my first sort of job and show business. And we took all my stuff that I did on Rogers, and we shot a whole bunch of new stuff for the next two years or so. And uh, this was exciting. You know, I, I was, uh, it was a job. It was actually, I was able to focus on it full time. You know, it wasn't uh, a highly paying people. Gig or I mean, anything, you had to pay for the public access show, right? Well, no, we just, or, or we just, just you didn't make any. I mean, didn't make any money. It was public access. Yeah, thing. yeah. So this was yeah. a real gig with, yeah. with the Comedy Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and uh, so and then uh, you know we we really you know I got I got kind of really kind of serious about selling this thing. You know, I was I had devoted seven years at this point of my life to, you know, we'd probably shot about seven or eight hundred bits no, yeah. you know, out in the street which are you know many of which I, I haven't you know are, are lost forever. i've never been are you you haven't you can't even find them yeah, mm, yeah i may have access to them but there's a lot of stuff that's just not been seen since and you know it's i i do actually have a vault in los Dear, angeles full of videotapes that and, and there's a just that's one funny thing that people might might not know who are listening who, who have maybe followed some of my videos i'd say probably only about maybe i don't know Maybe twenty-five or thirty percent, maybe fifty, maybe maybe forty percent of the stuff I've ever done is on is being seen on there. YouTube. You know, there's probably like uh, there's 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 a ton the majority of majority of the stuff you've done has never been seen by people outside of the Rogers Cable wow. or cable station. Yeah, there was you know literally we did that show for five years on a weekly basis. It was an hour long show, so there's 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 just hours and hours of material, uh, but. Uh, Someday we'll, we'll maybe yeah, that's, that's slip like some of that out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so, you know, I had all these tapes. You know, uh, there was no turning back now. I painted my parents' house plaid. <laughs> I painted the, the lesbians yeah. on the car. You know, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd done a lot of, I'd, I'd sucked off, you know, th- three different cows. You'd committed three yourself to your art. <laughs> yeah. And it was time to... Uh, that was the MTV pitch. It's like, look, I've taken, once you've taken a cow dick yeah. slash udder in the mouth... Utter. Utter. Sorry. It's not a dick. It's not a dick. I never put a dick in my mouth. All right. Utter. Um, Ever. In your hand, though, in, in a feature film, which we'll talk about. No, but uh, so MTV. Well, you know, it's funny. I actually I actually forgot where I was for a second there. I forgot that I was holding a microphone, and I said that I've never put a dick in my mouth on on on, uh, <laughs> on a microphone. And it was actually serious. On a microphone yeah, no, 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 with, yeah. with people listening. And I was actually saying it seriously, like I want to make sure that you knew that that was that was true. We're putting you know, that out and listen, there. I don't even want to say there's anything wrong with that. I just it's not for me personally. And yeah, that's yeah I'm not that's like somebody that's got some big problem with it. No, you know, not at all. Just not for me personally. Never done it. Yeah, I've had I've had <laughs> mine in, in people's mouths. Women, yeah, women's mouths. Couple a couple times. One or two times. You know, yeah, yeah. That's part. Any, those yeah, are part of the lost. Never anything else. <laughs> those are that, some of the lost tapes in the vault. Actually, that, but I'm just saying that's just the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, now you got me digging myself a no deeper not, hole. Not whatsoever. You got we, me screaming about microphones, Stevie Wonder, dicks and mouths. I mean, look, what kind of inter- interviewer are you? I just, I just You're like let, Barbara Walters. You're like the male bearded Barbara Walters. 
that works just for me, man. Everything I never meant to say out of me. <laughs> I've well, given up the secrets we'll of keep Canada. Keep it rolling. Yeah, secrets of Canada, secrets of Tom Green. Oh, um, God. Never. No, you, I didn't want to say it again. You I told me the true name of microphone. You told me the true name of God backstage, which you weren't yep. supposed to. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely, you're just, yeah. You're blabbing all over the place, man. Um, MTV. So you brought the tapes to them. They bought the show. Yeah, it was a, it was it was a very big break and very exciting. And then you kind of didn't hit. immediately buy it. They made me come down to to Los Angeles and pitch it, and I had to do this elaborate presentation uh, in front of uh, all the executives. And uh, I, I I walked out into the room full of MTV executives with a uh, a backpack on, with uh, uh, several cans of shaving cream in it. And uh, when I was finished uh, giving the presentation and showing some videotape, I, uh, I, I, and I was actually specifically asked by the person who brought me down not to show the cow udder sucking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, because he, cause utter, he, he yeah. didn't want me to, you know, show the MTV executives, you know, that. myself sucking <laughs> no, a dick, yeah, basically. I guess, I guess. Myself sucking a dick, you know. Yeah. Um, they might not use that on television. Little did yeah. we know, right? So uh, I did show that, anyways, even though I was told not to. And then I covered, I pulled the shaving cream out, and I lay down on the boardroom <laughs> table in front of everybody, and I covered myself in shaving cream head to toe and started screaming and thrashing around on the ground the way I used to do a lot more. Thra- <laughs> thrashing was one of my big things. The, the I'd like trademark to do. Tom I'd Green like to, thrashing. One yeah. of the things I, I like to do a lot was cover myself in liquids and thrash around for no reason. Uh, so I began thrashing around, flailing wildly, screaming, I want to be on MTV, I want to be on MTV. Then I got up and walked out of the room. I think that's how Angela Lansbury got Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Classic yeah. Hollywood uh, thing. So so that happened, and you kind of hit the mainstream, because I'm not Canadian, obviously. You could tell by the horrible accent I have. Uh you that was the first time us uh, uh, the lar- people in America heard of you for the for the most part and, and it came it came out of nowhere like you know what I'm saying because yep. it was crazy it was crazy and I remember um I was I was I think very exciting middle school going into high school and all of a sudden like one day Tom Green no one had heard of him and the next day it was the only the biggest and only thing you know I what think I mean it might have, I got the sense at the time that it might have confused people because. Uh, and I don't even really know what I'm trying to say here, but I'll say it anyway. Um, is is you know we we had eight, seven or eight years worth of material that we'd picked through and found all of our favorite bits, and then dropped in ten weeks. And so it hit hard because I don't think you know when you normally launch a show, it takes you you know a year just yeah. to figure out to what write you're doing. The material, yeah. and, and 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 nobody knew that we'd been doing it for ten years or seven years or ten years if you included all the other stuff. So I think people might have thought, oh, this guy's coming out of nowhere. This is weird, and it was very strange. But you know, really, we'd been doing it for a long time at that point. And if you really were paying attention, you would see in those bits my hair would yeah, the hair change, would, and you would get younger. Would change, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd look different ages yeah, yeah. from you know one one at one clip. I'd have long blonde hair and then a, another clip in the exact same show. My head would be shaved and I'd be 20 pounds lighter, you know. <laughs> so, so there were ways, there were ways to check the continuity errors. Yeah, um, yeah. What was it like for you? I mean, obviously you just signed a deal with MTV. They're a massive fucking network. You expect you, this, that is the big time. But what was it like for you becoming what you did for that time? I the mean, other thing is it's funny and I don't think that Americans realize this either is we didn't have MTV in Canada back then. At all. We, we had much music. So I didn't grow up watching MTV. And I got to MTV. 
I was basically watching MTV for the first time when I was there working at MTV, and I'd heard so much about MTV, and then I started watching MTV, and I was kind of, you know, I was basically looking at it saying, well, you know, this is, I don't get it. Yeah, you know? I'm confused. I mean, Why do people You know, like? I mean, no, there yeah. was Celebrity Deathmatch, which was, you know, kind of cute or whatever, you know, and then there was uh, The Real World and Road Rules. That was all that was on. And, yeah, TRL was big And back TRL, then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was all that was on, though. And they'd, 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 right, they'd yeah. air every episode of every show 25 times a week. So you'd tune on and t- turn on the network and they'd be airing the same episode of Road Rules all day. And I'd be just watching going, what kind of fucking network is this? <laughs> That they're airing this ridiculous show all day, right? And so was I, I wasn't, I wasn't first of all, I wasn't in any way intimidated by it. You know, I hadn't grown up thinking, man, would it ever be cool to be on MTV or, you know. So I, there was never like, this is a big business. This is one of the big giant networks. It's just, it's you. I, I mean, I did, I, I was able to extrapolate and figure out that it was a big deal. And, and, and I understood that it was a big deal. And I'd heard the Dire Straits song, I Want My MTV. <laughs> you know, we got to move these refrigerators, you know. I'd heard all that. So I knew it was a big deal. I mean, fuck, Dire Straits were singing <laughs> yeah, about exactly, it, right? Dude. You know, Dire Straits are fucking huge. Amazing. But um <laughs> <laughs> still are to this day. Yeah. But uh kids look up Dire Straits. <laughs> you know, so there was an element and, and then and then they started really wanting to change my edits and 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 re-edit things. And when I say they, it wasn't MTV, it was a couple of people specifically that were working on my show would come in and sort of take all the crazy music that I'd put in out of it and put in sort of a you know, a Will Smith instrumental from the <laughs> yeah. from the Wild Wild West soundtrack or something like Which that. We all know and love. I mean, every yeah. We're not talking shit about Wild Wild West, yeah. of course. No, yeah, no, we're Will Smith for that matter. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want his instrumental in the fucking Slutmobile. No, you know? yeah. <laughs> you know? So it was annoying, and uh, and so I would kept tr- and they, and they wanted to, you know, a lot of my show was going out in the street and messing with with old people, you know, like people that looked like you know like adults, you know. And, uh, cause they reacted better, you know, you'd, you'd thrash around on the, on, on the ground covered in skin cream or spray a fire extinguisher in your face in front of a bunch of, uh, 15 year olds and they kind of giggle just laugh and laugh and walk. But you do it in front by. of yeah, some yeah. old lady, she'd like, you know. It's the end of her life. She may yeah. die on that yeah, spot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. She, she might actually die. Yeah. And, um, so, but then they would say, you know, the editors at MTV and the producers at MTV would say, well, we have to take out everybody who's over the age of, of 30. You know, we have to remove them all from the video. So they'd take them all out. And then I'd put them all back in and say, that's the funniest part. But yeah. So they'd re-edit like a bit where, you know, I was going out in the street with a, a megaphone and yelling at a bunch of people. Yeah, we're doing the right? song, The Lady yeah. in the Purple Dress yeah, like or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. As an example. And they'd take all the shots of the people out. And they'd just edit, literally just edit it so it was just me walking around yelling with a microphone, megaphone. And not and showing that you were commenting on actual people. Yeah, never you showing just... the reaction shot because the people were over the age <laughs> no, yeah, of 30. Yeah. And, uh, you know... It was so stupid. Was there a rationale that they didn't want you making fun of older people or they didn't want viewers to have to look at old people? They didn't want old people on the air. That's what they didn't want anyone in any capacity. (laughs) And it was so stupid to me because it was obvious that they picked the show up because it was funny, but they didn't even realize what they were laughing at. Why it was funny or why it was what they were laughing at. They were just laughing as they watched the video, not really analyzing that, oh, I'm laughing because of the look on that old person's face, the look on that. They just figured, oh, he's walking around with the megaphone saying, white pants, white pants, that's funny. <laughs> no, it's not funny. It's funny looking at the old lady with the you white pants. You need to see the lady with the white off. pants for white pants to be, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so, context here, So folks. it was sort of this back and forth thing that went on and on and on. And so, and then and then we'd go shoot bits, and, and every time we shot a bit, um, you know, there would be this debate about whether it was funny or not, right? And, you know, 
Some were much funnier than others, and everybody's opinion was completely different on what the funniest stuff was. But I had been doing this for a long time, playing it to audiences. I knew the kinds of things people laughed at, right? So, you know, I would get in these massive nuclear war arm arguments with the producers on the sh on the show, and uh, eventually I would win. But it would really require me to really put myself in terms up. of what was funny and what wasn't. No, like we're not going to air th this bit where you brought these two old ladies out to a farmer's field and threw hot dogs at this thing, and you know that's not funny. That's just stupid. We're not airing that. <laughs> and I'd say, no, no, it's funny. It's ridiculous. Why is it funny? Well, I don't know. The ladies are funny. We're throwing hot dogs at a thing. It's funny. It's just funny. It makes me laugh. I know people are going to laugh at that. The way you look at the ladies, the way they're talking. It's not funny. We're not airing that. We've got to air that, man. And they know oh, we're going to air this one instead. And, and I, the one they'd want to air was really wasn't funny. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something that they'd written and asked me to do. So I'd play ball and go do it so that they'd let me do the other thing. You know, It was all this kind of <laughs> politicking kind of going stuff. on. Yeah. You're spending your whole time arguing about what's funny, arguing about what you're allowed to say and do, right? And then so eventually they'd relent and let me air it, and then every time the bit that I'd argued about all week would be featured on Talk Soup, you know, as the weirdest as bit the on funniest TV bit of the week. week. Yeah, right? yeah. And so after about four, five, six months, the show got popular really quickly, and then they sort of, I don't know if I tired them out, but they stopped arguing with me about all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just when we were really getting going, I got cancer, and then I uh, had to quit the show. So, you know, it was all pretty good. <laughs> but but I mean there's there's swings and balances though man because I hate to try to throw comedy into that but the cancer special is, is still to this day one of the yeah. great things I I remember in my television watching life and because it's not only funny it was poignant and really yeah. personal and yeah. and and after the cancer special um my personal favorite thing and was, people actually tweet me all the time and say MTV should have never canceled you and, they, and I, didn't I mean get canceled. I, you didn't, I didn't get you didn't canceled. get canceled you did another show after on MTV yeah. right yeah, that you one got the, canceled. <laughs> But the the first one didn't. Cancer cancel. canceled the first one, right? But the first one, no, yeah, that was a hit. Yeah, I went out on top on that one. The show was number one, number one. You know, it was yeah, like a I fucking mean, Charlie Sheen, man. I was fucking. Like you were Charlie winning Sheen. before he was winning, yeah, dude. You I was were fucking like, winning, man. You I were tired of blood, my god. I tired of blood, my fucking balls. But what's great was you were Jackass before there was Jackass, and you were Ali G before there was Ali G. You were the, really the precursor for all these. You know what I mean? And that, that have come since and, and that, you know, I, I'm not gonna, no one's been the same and no one's done the same sort of thing, but you were really kind of the vanguard as far as like. You know, the only thing that, you know, people ask me about this all the time and I, and I'll speak a little more honestly about it okay, here. I'd with love you it. Yeah, because yeah. we're here on the Smod Castle and, and on your show and, 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 and I respect uh, you and your audience. I appreciate here. that. Okay. Sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also I figured probably no one's listening. Um, but, we got uh, a few. <laughs> we got a few. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I do, a, I, I, I do a web show. I mean, why do you think I'm here? I know there's way more people <laughs> listening to this than my stupid website. Listen, uh, it just seemed like a funny crack to make at the time. <laughs> it worked. You know? uh, um, listen, um, you know, the only thing that I think about, I think uh, Jackass and Ali G, they all come very much different than me, but in a lot of ways there are similarities. And uh, I don't know as much about Ali G, but with the Jackass thing, uh, and I, I really like those guys a lot, and I love Jackass a lot. But I do think that if I hadn't had that year of just nuclear... Massive success. Massive, no, arguing with, with oh. MTV. If I had oh, massively argued with MTV and got the show on the air in the first place... You know, which was not easy. You know, there was a lot of shaving cream involved. 
Well, there was no and, precedent. And, 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 eight, and eight years of shooting in Canada. And, you know, if we hadn't shot that show for eight years, had it already in the can, been able to put it on the air and have it blow up. Because it was probably it cheap for them to put on because you didn't. Have, they didn't have to pay yeah, for you to I, shoot I don't, I don't think that MTV would have necessarily seen that that kind of stuff would work as quickly as they did. But but you know, I could be wrong about that. I think you were one of the first comedic shows on an MTV in general because I mean it really was a music television network when I was growing up. Like they had Real World, they had Roll Rules, they had Beavis and Butthead. But yeah. you were really the first of that kind of live action comedy yeah. block, I think. So yeah, and, and dude, you did totally did pave the way. You're like, you know, uh, I, 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 what's the lady Halle Berry always talks about? You're like her, but for guys on TV who want to do Halle stuff. Berry. She always talks about what, the, the famous black lady who won an Oscar, uh, Dorothy, Do- Dandridge. Dorothy Dandridge. Oh, you're yeah. like the Dorothy Dandridge of our generation, sir. Yeah, well, thank you. Take that. Yeah, yeah. that works. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, give it up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks. No, but, um, but I was going to say, touch real quickly, out of, out of everything you did television-wise, my favorite, and, and I've turned a lot of people onto this in the years since through the miracle of DVD, was something called Subway Monkey Hour. Yeah, yeah. That, that where you went, you did a special where you went to Japan. Yeah. All in Japan. And that was years later. That was after the cancer special and there was a bit of a hiatus and you'd done some films. That to me always seemed like that was the purest you of the MTV stuff. Is that a fair assessment? Like they just let you kind of go wild? Well, you know, it was always nice when you got out on the road because you were away from the executives. We were in Japan for 11 days and we went and did whatever we could. You did that all in 11 days? Wow. Yeah. 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 I went to Japan for 11 days. We drove across the country and back and. And uh, just sort of improvised as we went, and that was always when it was the most fun, you know. But uh, but I, you know, I guess I'm just saying that I was pretty good at arguing and and selling my in terms comedy. Of selling your brand of comedy. You know, to I the might network. I might have been even better at that than actually making the comedy itself. You know, I was really good at selling it, and uh, you know, not necessarily. I actually, good might not be the right word. I was really passionate about it, and I think I I think I probably got myself in some trouble. You know, with the, with the network. I'm sure, you know, there's a reason why you haven't seen me host the VMA awards, uh, ever, you know. I'm sure that they're not, I'm sure they remember some of those nuclear battles that we had. Well, that's, and, and thought, it was you know always what? a constant. Well, I it was a lot easier probably to go, you know what, let's just do this with, uh, 12 guys, and then if anybody starts to argue, we'll just, just fucking, fucking lose, fire them. We just lose one of them. Yeah, we'll just yeah. fucking fire them. And it seemed like, yeah. from, from reading, doing some research online, you know, it seemed like... If we man starts acting out, we'll fucking kick him to the curb, I mean, curb, that's man. easy, and they mean literally kick. Yeah. Because he's light and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I, I love <laughs> Wee Man. He's awesome. He comes to my web show all the time, but it's like you can see how... You know, these, these networks. Your show is called the Tom Green Show. These networks want to control. Absolutely. They want to control everything. When know? I was going to just say, it seems like it got to the minute level because I remember one day the Bum Bum, I turned on my television after school and the it's Bum a Bum. Conspiracy, the Bum Bum song was. These fuckers are fucking conspirators, man. What happened with they the Bum Bum song? Yeah, yeah, they want to like, fucking control our fucking goddamn exactly, minds, man. man. They put microchips in our fucking teeth, yeah. MTV. These fuckers. Bad guys. Bum Bum song, sir, you got it to number one in a day. Yeah, they made me retire that. They shit. made you. Re- that's what I read today. I never knew that because I the remember the number one song in America. They made me retire it. And you know what? It's like thanks a lot, you you fuckers. What do you mean they you made know? you retire it? Thanks a fucking lot. I go out. I write a fucking song on a fucking napkin. It goes to number one. Knocks Britney Spears off the fucking. Knock countdown, everyone off. And yeah. then they make it retire. Make me retire. They it. said you have to like. Th- you have to throw the fight, as it were. They were like, they we need. They said on Friday you have to go in and retire the bum bum song. We don't care if it's number one. We don't care if everybody in the country is voting for it. We don't care. You have to retire it. 
And you, you know, had to because they were the one putting your shit on television. They had to because right? they I mean, were putting my shit on television. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm not going to, if I said no, then they'd probably just, you know, just be another huge argument. There's Tom being an asshole again. And it's just a guy shaving like, cream. Just on. To go, I'm going to go retire it because they're telling me to retire it. You know, I don't know why they necessarily retired it. I don't know, maybe because it wasn't, you know, on a real record. Or because company. they got paid by the other record yeah, companies maybe, to fucking vote their shows. I don't like, know. I it was revealed years that. later. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, fuck television, man. Let's get away from television. Yeah, fuck television. You know, television's fucking dead, man. Television is fucking dead. All right. So I don't give a fuck. Exactly, dude. Let's let's get we'll yeah, get we're, we're getting into fucking the future. shows in our goddamn living room now that nobody watches. You know? <laughs> but we're also doing feature films that people Actually, did you know, watch. I get a lot of views on the web. Dude, you, you get know a ton my of highest views. rated episode. You know my highest rated episode on 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 TomGreen.com. Tom Which one? My my highest rated episode on TomGreen.com is has four times more views. Mm, Three times more views than the highest rated show I ever had on MTV. What episode? Eight million what episode views. would that be? Eight million people watched the episode with uh, Kat Von D. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. On TomGreen.com yeah, alone. Yeah, totally. On TomGreen.com alone. And that's not even YouTube clips and shit like that? Not we'll, even YouTube clips. We'll get to the internet in a minute, and that's where it went, but for a minute, sir. Yeah, we only like had like maybe... 2.5 million people watching Not that many people have MTV. fucking cable television. Fuck, I mean, man, we internet. don't fucking need them anymore, man. We don't fucking need them anymore. And you know, another place a lot of people got to see you, sir, is is in your film work. Now, uh, you've you've been in such films as Road Trip and yep. Superstar uh-huh. and a bunch of other stuff. But I think Freddie got fingered. And I was I was I was leading it up to there. Stealing man. Harvard. Well, stealing Harvard, but Freezer but, Burn, Bob uh, the Butler, Shred and Shred Two. <laughs> The shred cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, Freddie got fingered, man. Is is w- w- one of I think the most underrated uh, gems of, of all time, and yeah. I think I well, think it depends out, who you talk to. I mean, if you talk re- to uh, recent years, know. I think a lot of people have come around on it yeah. in a big, big, yeah. big way. Yeah, you wrote a, and directed, and I met a guy in Cleveland that said it was his favorite movie he's ever seen in his life. I'm not, I mean, I know people who Freddie got fingered is their favorite yeah, comedy I met by a guy far. In Cleveland who said that. Uh, no, no, people say that to me all the time, actually. I mean, dude, it's an... Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, they're probably just being polite, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a great film. How probably did, just trying to make conversation. Uh, oh, hey, you're that Tom Green guy. I love that movie there. What's up? Freddie got... Oh, yeah, favorite movie ever. See ya. <laughs> it's Sausage Dance song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I've actually been um, completely amazed, as, and it's been a very uh, uh, vindicating experience doing stand-up, because I've toured the world this year, and people come up and they yell, Daddy, would you like some sausage from the crowd? And, and people really do have grown to love Freddie Got Fingers. Absolutely. So. I mean, people are yeah. clapping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, the movie... That guy just clapped. See that guy over there? There's there's so many, so many, yeah. uh, so many repeatable lines and stuff like that, and I think, I think the movie is gaining... It's, it's becoming a, cult, a real cult kind of film, and I see... Websites online and I, I like a lot of people. We we put out for some Facebook and Twitter questions. Everyone, when is there going to be a Blu-ray release or yeah. a special edition or a sequel, even stuff like well, that? Well, you know, I, it accomplished what it was meant to accomplish, which was it was supposed to piss people off, and it, it was supposed to piss <laughs> off. Managed to it was do supposed that. to piss off fifty percent of the people. Really, was the way I looked at it. I looked at it like fifty percent of the people are going to be really pissed off, and fifty percent of the people are going to love this thing. Now, now, unfortunately, it, it's not until 10 years later that that's maybe the ratio. At the time, it was 99% of the people were pissed off and 1% of the people liked it. And the 1% was, was me and my mom, you know? But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, over time, I think as the sort of the heat died down from, you know, the, 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 the local entertainment reporters slamming the movie and stuff and people just sort of seen it without any expectations. Uh, um, give me, give me. One. Someone just walk out the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, uh, 
So either someone's robbing oh. us or someone went to the bathroom real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Fifty percent of the audience just walked no, up. Yeah. See, One it was like girl. it was like Freddie got fingered in real life. It was a microcosm. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, it, but you're 100 percent right. I mean, because I'm going to flat out admit something. I remember the first time I saw it. I was a huge fan of yours. It wasn't my favorite movie ever made, but that yeah. movie might have grown on me. Yeah, like more, a virus or a mold. But 100 like a fucking comedy virus. Yeah. So man, you pick up shit every single time you watch that movie. There's stuff you didn't notice. You know what I mean? It it, yeah. it really is kind of layered. Is there any chance of seeing more of Gordy or anything in that universe? Is that something you'd like to revisit? Uh, I might make a YouTube video. As that's all. Oh, that's with the, get the cast together for a YouTube video. Yeah, I think like the, the collective world just fucking got yeah. geek boners. I think like, that's yeah. really really I, I exciting. I thought about this recently. I tossed around the idea of uh, of, of actually doing a full on sequel with the uh, entire budget and with 20th Century Fox and all this stuff. And I called over Dude, yeah. Yeah, I called over to the studio and uh, spoke to the old uh, executive uh, that, that, that was there uh, at the time. And uh, he was just in there actually picking up his stuff. He'd been fired. Um, <laughs> but, but you caught uh, him on the way out. He put me in touch with the, the, new, uh, the new executive uh, in charge, gave me his number, and I called over there. And, uh, and well, he never returned my call, actually, but uh, I'm waiting for that call. And uh, I, I would do it. If let's anyone knows this, him, let's just put it this way: if you want to, if 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 you out there listening, uh, listening to this right now, hearing my voice, if you are one of the uh, many tens of thousands of people that are listening to Bagged and Boarded right now with Matt Cohen, and uh, you uh, want a Freddie Got Fingered sequel, start a petition, man. Yeah. Let's start, start let's a goddamn petition. See, start you, a goddamn petition. Do you own the rights to those characters and stuff like Somebody that? Somebody started a petition today on my Twitter to, to get, get me in Ghostbusters 3, well, you know? Apparently Dan Fuck, Acre- man, I don't care, man. Start a petition to put me in Hot Tub Time Machine 16, man. I don't <laughs> care. Let's just I'll start do anything, fucking petition. I'll do fucking anything. Start a petition to get Tom to come yeah. over your house and make him yeah, macaroni fucking, and cheese or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll come make macaroni and cheese for you if the price is right. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, speaking of the other petition, apparently Dan Aykroyd recently said in an interview that he would like you in Ghostbusters 3. That's the word out there on Twitter. You know what? This is, this is, this is all what I've read on Twitter. It's conjecture. In the last me too, because I haven't, I haven't heard it myself, but I've read it. Obviously, that would be an extreme uh, honor, and I, I don't know that that's true, but I'll tell you. Start a petition, <laughs> man. Yeah. Start a petition. Macaroni and cheese, you Ghostbusters. Know, I, I got to host uh, Live Aid in Canada, the Canadian Live Aid. I hosted it with Dan Aykroyd. Dan and I hosted it together. I'd never met Dan Aykroyd before. And uh, I showed up, met him. He was the coolest, uh, coolest awesome, guy man. I probably ever met. That's awesome. And uh, and I, I, you know, I uh, he actually after we finished Live Aid, he said, uh, you know, you want to fly out to uh, my uh, cottage with me in uh, Northern Ontario, or uh, in Ontario. And uh, we uh, we flew out there together, and. Uh, he uh, made me a nice meal, and uh, we hung out all day, yeah, and then he awesome. put me in a limousine and sent me home to my house in Ottawa, which is two hours away, and uh, it, was a, it was an amazing... So uh, apparently Dan Aykroyd is a stand-up guy, right? That's he the is moral the of that story. He is one of the all-time coolest guys uh, I've ever met, and the only reason, I, I, t- I have a lot more stories about that day up at his place, <laughs> yeah, but, but I just don't know that I should tell them. Not for it was, the podcast. It was a private thing, and it was a private yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. No, it was his private world. He brought. He, he really... He really, uh. He's an interesting dude. He did man. me a He's total into... solid and invited me right into his private world and his family and his oh, beautiful awesome, home and, 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 and showed me some things that were just completely unbelievable. 
uh, that I can't even. You Does know, he have the actual Crystal Skull from the Crystal Skull vodka? Like he's. <laughs> uh, this was before he was doing that. Okay. I think at the time he was actually getting into that, though he was he was working with uh, Patron That's vodka, cool, man. Uh, yeah, Patron yeah. tequila at the time. So, but uh, that's a trip. One of the so, so start coolest, a petition. One of the all-time coolest uh, comedians and Canadians ever in the history of the world, Dan Aykroyd. Start a petition to get Tom and Ghostbusters. Start a petition to get Tom to hang out with Dan again. It just start petitions all over the place. Freddy got fingered too. Freddy got fingered too. Do you own the rights to those characters, sir? Uh, you know, I I don't know that I I do, but because uh, we live in a world where like you could shoot a movie and put it out on iTunes now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not it's not the same kind of old studio. I mean, there, I have a feeling that you know if I did that, there wouldn't be a lot of people coming after me for it. You know, they don't have a legal team assigned to Freddie yeah, Got Fingered. Yeah, oh, we, oh, you know, oh my gosh, he's done an iTunes video with uh, Freddie Got Fingered. You know, they probably would 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 just never even hear about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's just hit the other before we get to what you what you were doing for the last few years. Let's just hit uh, two quick things real quick. You've uh, done two things that I am uh, incredibly jealous and in awe of. You have hosted Saturday Night Live. Uh huh. That was unbelievable experience very scary exciting crazy experience Any, anything i mean was it were you there the whole week with the whole cast and everything like, i was yeah absolutely was it intense was it was it nervous to do i mean you performed for years so i mean you probably weren't nervous about the live factor of i was it, very but, nervous about it i was very nervous yeah? about it yeah i mean i hadn't really ever done a you know anything theatrical live like that where you have lines and other actors and Everybody's Blocking got lines and stuff like and, that. Yeah, 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 and so it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was a really interesting experience. I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I think that if I I could do it again, I would do a lot of things differently. You know, I was just so determined to to kind of put this crazy stamp on it and just make it so crazy that I think in the process, you know, it, it got a little weird you know and uh you know sometimes i think you know i've learned as i've gotten older maybe sometimes it's good to just go in and go with the flow a little more you know but i had a great time and everybody was really nice and and i remember uh you know jimmy fallon at the time was really cool and will ferrell was really cool and and chris Kattan and and uh, molly shannon and this was the cast and, and yeah, it was every, a great everyone cast. was really really yeah. really nice uh nice bunch of people and to, so. i can't imagine just to go from a kid in ottawa living you know in a, in a military base skateboarding and shit to hosting snl i mean yeah. that's kinda... i think the other thing is is i was scared shitless <laughs> while i was there i was literally scared shitless and i thought you know well maybe if i make it really fucking crazy then people won't be able to tell that I'm scared shitless. <laughs> so, um. Like the screaming? No, no, no. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, we did some things, like, there's some things I regret, like at the end of the show, not regret, but I would have done differently. I don't like to say I regret things, I guess, because, you know, you never know what would have happened if I'd done it differently. But I know at the end of the show, we thought it would be funny if, um, if, uh, I was, I was, uh, dating J-Lo at the time, and, uh, we had thought that it would be funny if J-Lo, Came up on the stage. Yeah, I remember vividly at the yeah. end, or, or that I was going to marry J Lo. It was crazy. Then, Everyone was like, "Where are they going to get gonna married?" Marry her. And then at the end, when she, J Lo was supposed to come up, and I was supposed to marry J Lo, she didn't show up. 
And then I started screaming and crying and, and, and having essentially a, a, a meltdown. They were calling you Tom Grow and yeah. J-Lo and the for enti- a while. Yeah, and yeah. the entire cast behind me in that sort of kumbaya moment at the end of Saturday Night Live where everyone's singing and, the, and, the wave. and waving and has their arms around each other. Instead of doing that, we thought, let's do something really crazy where I have a nervous breakdown on stage because my J-Lo. fiance doesn't show up to marry me. And then the cast slinks off into the background, and I'm left all alone on the stage, crying in, <laughs> in complete tears. And it was so weird. It was such a weird thing to do. It, it, it the, the experience ended where the end of the show, I didn't have that nice positive feeling of music and everybody like, smiling and laughing and patting each other in the back. Instead, it ended with me crying on the floor and screaming in silence, with the entire band walking, walking away and the audience. You know, staring at me like they thought I was nuts. <laughs> and then I sort of got up. And they, okay, we're clear. We're off the air. And I stood up and I looked at everybody expecting them to go, oh, that was crazy. And I was like, it was silence. And I, just, and I said, all right, let's go get a beer or something, you know? So. <laughs> and then you and the entire audience got a beer. Yeah. But dude, that's something, and that's something I, this, the second thing I want to touch on real quick is, um, something I noticed, I noticed for the first time very, uh, not very recently, but about a few years ago, is that there is kind of a second, I, I call it Tom Green 2.0 almost. Most people, if people haven't seen you since the MTV days, they assume you're still crazy, wild, stunt, throw shit guy. But you, your comedy really kind of took a, a change with, with the web show. And the first time I really became cognizant of it was when you were, um, with the conjunction of the web show, but you were on Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. How, how was that? Cause I'm, me and Derek up there, Celebrity Apprentice junkies. That was, uh, fun. Was it? I think I was happy to be fired on the third episode. <laughs> I remember after I got fired thinking, damn, I got fired. I could have won this thing. And then I thought, Cool. I don't have to have Jesse James and Clint Black bitch me out all fucking day. Tomorrow. I mean, there is a lot of like fucking yeah. I mean, these these people were just real. I'm I'm Dudes sure I'm hats. sure privately Jesse James is just a joy to be around. But from everything we've heard, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, if you like Nazi, no, I'm kidding. And you know, and Clint Black, I'm sure he's just a wonderful person and everything. But. When you put a camera in their face and you make them compete, you know, to see who can make the best cupcake for 16 hours, <laughs> they really turn into a bunch of assholes, man. And, uh, you know, I think it's the nature of these shows. I mean, I felt good the other day. I was watching Jimmy Kimmel and I saw Meatloaf have this huge meltdown break, and freaked out. Breakdown, I yeah. felt good looking at that. I thought, you know, okay, good. At least, at least, you know. I didn't go there. I'm not as, I didn't, I didn't really have a meltdown. I saw a lot of people have meltdowns. I saw a lot of people get really upset. No, you handled it yeah. with grace, man, and you were yeah. calm. And and I think a lot I just of- went out drinking with Dennis Rodman on the night I was the project manager. On- that was why you got fired, right? That's why I got fired because you know I was just you know I was so tired of everybody just kind of yelling at me all the time because they basically. What was you know, your task? Again? There was an alliance against me. Okay, <laughs> it was Jesse James, Brian McKnight, Herschel Walker, Scott Hamilton. Uh, uh, and, uh, I don't know, some other fucking person I can't remember. They had an alliance against me and Dennis Rodman. Okay. They were just, I they remember, figured, okay, yeah. we're going to get them kicked off first. I was the youngest guy in the whole bunch. And, you know, I was a comedian. I've done funny stuff before. I wasn't as known for being serious. I think they sort of, sort of saw that as a, a way to, 
get you off get me off now off the show and uh you know i just sort of after a while was just kind of annoyed with these people because i'm not i'm i don't really want to say anything bad about about the people that were on the show but they were all fucking morons yeah yeah they were really, they were really some of the fucking stupidest fucking people that I've ever met was in my that entire the life. Season Joan Rivers one that was, yeah, Joan, that was, Joan, right? Joan yeah, Rivers yeah. one, yeah. They were really, and I don't know if they were actually naturally moronic and, or, or and just stupid television. like that, or yeah. it's just if on television they get nervous and all of a sudden they, you know, didn't know how to work with one another, and it was it was really annoying because I think that if everybody had worked together on our team, we could have won the whole goddamn thing. You know, we could have won and do won you, and won. Do you won. ever watch the show now? Uh, have you watched it since? I, I don't. I, I honestly have not watched television other than CNN in about about two or three years. Huh. Yeah. What do you do? What? Because you, you're so busy standing doing. I mean, you're so busy with. And we'll get to it right now. You're, you're, like you've I've been, never seen an episode of the Jersey Shore. I've never seen. You're not uh, missing out. <laughs> you know, I guess occasionally I've flipped on and it's been on the wrong channel and I'll see Dancing with the Stars for like 12 seconds or something like that. Have you ever that. got offered for stuff? Do you get offered for all those kind of things, Dancing with the Stars? Uh, uh, I think I did. I think I did. Uh, I don't think I would would do that. Would you do another no. reality show after doing The Apprentice? Uh, it depends. I had always thought that it would be fun to do some form of survivor where you got to go in the woods like and they try had to the you know, celebrity eat get animals and their, stuff. Is that still on TV, Derek? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yeah, I would do something that like that, similar, where you yeah. got to go in the woods and survive in the woods. But that's just because I feel like I could win it, just like I felt like I could win The Apprentice. That's why I did The Apprentice. I watched The Apprentice at the time, and I felt like I could win. And uh, I was wrong, but I felt like I could win. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it would have been fun to have won. You know, uh, but, I like Donald Trump, though. I think he's going to make a good president. Yeah. Exp- <laughs> Yeah. If he stops accusing people of not being born in this country, perhaps yeah, he's going yeah. a little well. That'll aggro probably, with that'll, it, that'll probably get him elected. You know, no, yeah, with this guy, he might no, not yeah. win the Hollywood vote, but I'm sure the rest of the country. <laughs> no, will yeah, love you're him right. Um, you've been. We just said you don't watch TV because you're you're a busy, busy man, man. Sir. I do think that Donald Trump could be the next president. So do I, and I think. States. He, and I, mean, I actually hope that it happens. I said this the other day, and someone said I was crazy, but like, aren't we in a recession right now? Isn't he an amazing businessman slash economic kind of? Isn't he the? You know what? I the don't man know. Hosts a game show. He's not yeah. like a really huge. He's a billionaire, but he but he is a huge success. He was a self-made. He didn't grow up rich. He built. Who's, a, was that God talking? That's, did that that's come Derek from? up oh, at no, DJ oh, D Rock oh, in the there, booth. Yeah, yeah. So the but Donald, from, the Donald Trump built like a uh, real estate and hotel empire from scratch, man. And like, yeah, he might have be kind of unscrupulous, and he might have a crazy hairdo. But I think that dude knows what to do with money, and I think that might be what a politician. I don't know. I don't think it's you a know, horrible I mean, idea. I just think, think it would be fun to watch on television. If you know, you got to watch the president all the time, right? You always got to see him saying whatever the fuck he's got to say, right? If we're you going, know, with- you know everything he says. You know, whatever they say is ultimately it's not, not going to yes. accomplish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It may be true, but, but it's it, not he may honestly feel that. But it's never going to amount to anything. It's not going to do anything you know, for Obama. Can life. get up and say all these things that he wants to do and all these things that he loves uh, about 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 what he wants to do and all these things that he's going to do. But you know what? Then he's going to go to. It's going to go to Congress. They're going to argue. It's never going to fucking happen. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. At so, least if it's Trump, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. You're right. For it's them. like having it'd be like you know electing um, Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah, or like Gilbert Gottfried or something like that. You know, I would I would go Gilbert over Trump. Gilbert it's hilarious. Would be, it'd be hilarious yeah. to watch him every come out and say stuff. That's what I think the White House is missing: comedy. 
Yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? But no, for real though. <laughs> they're not going to get anything done anyways. I mean, they're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over. You know, well, at least he'd be different. He'd be. So, I mean, Schwarzenegger, yes, didn't work out great, but like, I don't necessarily think it was a horrible idea to elect him in the first place because he's not. At least he's not the same fucking guy. The system's flawed, entirely flawed. You've got two parties. Each of them get about half the vote. So whoever wins isn't going to be able to do anything because they're because just the going to go get caught in exactly. a deadlock it's, and argue. They're always all day. fighting the other person. Yeah. yeah so then they just keep doing the same crap over and over again. We keep paying. 75% of, uh, of our tax dollars go towards, you know, military spending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, when we're uh, not even, yeah. And, Whereas uh, Trump, whereas Trump would just pay the other party off or something. I mean, there'd be way, there'd be yeah. ways around things. Yeah, you know, but I don't know. If Trump was that rich, do you think he'd really be hosting The Apprentice? I, you see, you, you hear, you see, that's the thing. You hear that maybe- I mean, do you think he would really, really be doing that TV show? And, and telling everybody that he's gonna run for president got, every time to, the ratings go into a You slump? got to meet the guy. First don't, of all, he's not gonna run for president, because every time he does this, he goes and says he's gonna run for president. Or governor, and, or and mayor. And then at a certain point, they say, okay, well, you have to, you have to report how much money you have if you want to run for president. President. And that's, and, when, and he that's when he drops yeah, out. Yeah, that's when the earnings yeah. come up. You'll get all the, see, because the media is so easily manipulated in, 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 in the world we're living in now. You come out, you're Donald Trump, okay? You come out, you say I'm running for president, because you're Donald Trump and you said you're running for president, everybody has to report on that. Every outlet in the, in the world to. has to pick up to. on it. Yeah. And then, oh, and by the way, The Apprentice airs at 9 o'clock on Thursday nights. <laughs> right? So it's just it's sort of a manipulative thing in yeah, a lot right, of ways. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong. If he runs for president and wins, then you know I'll, I'll stand corrected. But I don't think he's even going to run. If he was legitimately going to run, I don't know that talking about it with fucking Whoopi Goldberg on The View would be the really best kind of platform to, to launch from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Um, you, but you, you said you don't watch television. You're a busy man. Over the last few years, you it's have not so much that I'm busy. It's just that I just don't really like it anymore. But, <laughs> but no, you, honestly, I don't. There's nothing. I start to watch television. I get angry now because it's just so frustrating that you know you tune on, turn on, and. I, I sure. I, I think I probably would like the Jersey Shore because I've seen a few minutes of that, and I was. Well, I, I was actually, but I mean, like I watch these Housewives of uh, Orange County, or it's just crap. It's just complete shit. I meant to ask, what do you think? Do you know anything about the current crop of comedy? I know a lot of people have asked. Uh, some people asked me to get your opinion on, on Daniel Tosh. I think the guy's name is that. Oh Tosh, yeah, I think he's funny. Tosh two point and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, there's that kind of yeah. young. Uh, I think he's funny, but I just I watch so much. Web video, anyways, that it doesn't make sense for me to go onto television to, to watch web video. To you. Yeah, I'll just yeah. watch it. I never got. He's a funny oh. guy, but I don't watch a show because yeah. I could just do. No, it I really like that show. Though. I do like that yeah, show. Yeah. But um, I just, you know, I just, I just. Once you get in the habit of not watching television, then I tend to not see that show either. Do you read just, a lot? Shit like that. What do you do in your free time? I do read. I read quite a bit. Um, I read a lot of. You know, uh, biographies and, uh, history books. That's what um, I'm big into. I'm reading a book right now called Collapse, uh, How Society, it's all about, co- uh, How Societies Collapse. Same yeah. guy who wrote that Guns, Germs, and Steel book. Really, really okay. good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm reading, uh, Cars and Trucks and Things That Go, uh, Richard <laughs> Scary. Um, I, dude, I like me some Busy World. I'm not, I played a Richard Scary video game in the past week, so we don't have to. I actually read an interesting book recently called The Secret History of the CIA. Which is a really interesting That's cool. yeah. uh, book. Uh, it's about the uh, secret history of the CIA. Well, you're into conspiracies a bit too, right? You've you touched know, it, on that. It's yeah. just interesting because you know you really it really shows you a really sort of microscopic view of how bureaucracies work in the government and specifically in the CIA, obviously. And uh, you know, it rom- reminded me a lot of the television industry, where you have all these executives in the television industry. See, this is the way the television industry works, okay? 
you've got all these executives that work at these at these networks and and a lot of them not all of them some there's some great executives out there but for because there's so many channels right it's watered yeah. down and so you know from for for a lot of the time you've got all these these people and they're clamoring over each other for promotions right and if they do something wrong they're going to get fired and they're not going to get the promotion they want so it makes them kind of a little bit less risky i trying anything yeah they're afraid when it comes to, fuck to comedy up, yeah. you know and so you get into this, ha- they, they get into this habit of if something works, oh, then they'll, let's make another thing exactly like that. And, then, and that's making, and that's why you always see a show comes out and then three more shows come out that are exactly like it, right? So, you know, I think it's stifling for creativity, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in the CIA, same thing happened. You have all these bureaucrats trying to get promotions, right? So then they end up making fundamental errors in the way that they, that they, uh, you know, are, they're running just to get running ahead. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. lack of creativity translates to lack of kind of yeah. operational. So it's a really interesting book. It's uh, it's an interesting book. I'd but and that's the thing. That. You but but you cut you cut away that kind of bureaucracy from your own life, and you did something uh, pretty goddamn original a few years ago. You started your own web channel. Yeah, right, sir. Yeah, my living room. Yeah, TomGreen.com. TomGreen.com. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You do uh, you a bunch of different shows on there. There was Tom Green Late, right? Uh, there's the late night show. There's Tom Green, the house show, stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and, and I love doing that. And you do it from your living room, literally. Like you have it's the uh-huh. this. If people haven't seen it before, everyone go check out TomGreen.com, of course. And there's tons of videos from the past few years. But you do the show literally. Yeah, in your living room. Like you don't room. have a living room anymore. I built not- it to look like uh, Johnny Carson set. And uh, it's a lot of fun, and we've done hundreds of shows, and you can watch them all on there uh, for hours. You can entertain entertain yourselves for hours, hours on the site. You've rapped on there, which uh, I've rapped people... on there with Exhibit that went viral. You, you got, freestyled, uh, it's yeah. Got, it's got uh, five million views on YouTube now. Uh, you um, you did uh, um, was it bring the no- uh, bring the noise with yep. with Flavor Flav? That was absolutely, huge, which was yeah. a huge exciting moment for me because I, I grew up loving Public Enemy. It was my favorite all time favorite. Musical uh, act, but um, you did an episode with Bobby Lee where he got naked. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well, there's been some That's crazy stuff. I mean, you did some great from stuff Jackass has yeah. been on there. A lot of the Jackass guys have come on. Wee Man, Preston Lacey, um, uh, Dave England, Steve-O. You've had everyone to like Alan Thick was on the show. Right? Alan, you've Thick. had everyone from, yeah, from yeah, Jackass. Covered Alan the gamut, Thick from yeah. Jackass. Yeah. Not, not Alan Thick from Growing Pains, but the <laughs> other Alan Thick from Jackass. No, uh, Alan Thick from Growing Pains actually. Um, we've had uh, you know Ed McMahon. We've had tons of great people. Kathy Griffin, Jimmy Kimmel. That's cool, man. And, you know so. It's been it's 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 been fun. But you know the thing is is that's why I'm really enjoying doing stand up because that's what I've been tra- doing this show into and, that, and right? people call in people call into my show on the web and I recognize people on Skype right I've been talking to people on Skype for for you know four years ago for four years now and I I, I I actually recognize people and then as I now as I tour around I'll you be in, I'll be in Pittsburgh yeah, yeah. or Sydney Australia and I'll see a guy in the front row and I'll be like where the fuck do I know that guy from. Oh yeah, that's the guy that called in on Skype when Harlan Williams was there doing oh, Raspberry so cool, Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's cool. So that's what. So that's where you're at now. You transitioned. You kind of. You still. You still do shows sporadically on the website. Yeah, right? and I'm going to be doing a lot more shows uh, this year on the website. Coming up on I've Tom just, Green. I've just really taken the last year and a half to really focus on, 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 on figuring out. You know the whole. This whole stand-up comedy adventure that I'm on, and I've really had a great time doing that. You know, I've I've I've, I've 
been around the whole world now. I've been really focusing on writing my show. And I mean, you know, I'm doing shows at Flappers. You got Flappers uh, this, this weekend, weekend absolutely. This weekend. In Burbank. But, you know, I but just when got you back s- from Afghanistan. Yeah, I was, well, was going to say when you say around the world, you've done Australia. You just you literally just got back from doing a show for the troops in Afghanistan, right? Yeah, in Afghanistan two weeks ago, I was there. How was that? That's why man? I had this nice tan. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that was that crazy? I mean, you can't say like where you went or anything your mic like close that. To your mouth, yeah, sir. I got it. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> um, you, you you can't say like where you went or operate. Isn't it real kind of secretive? Because I've heard comedians talk about that in the, in the past. Like they fly you on military planes. Yeah, you're not allowed to say you're going there until you get there. Which uh, which you know you'd think that they'd say until you get back, but it's until you get there. So uh, so uh, but yeah, it was it was a wild experience. If you go on TomGreen.com right now, if you're listening to this, go to TomGreen.com right now. Open up a new window Tab and uh, Tab push play. Shit. It's right on the front page at the moment, and there's a video, and it's a real cool sort of little film we made about us going out into some of the very forward. Uh, Regions of Afghanistan, forward operating bases, FOBs, they call them. And we, uh, went out there to like, there's a hundred guys holding down a mountaintop, you know, defending yeah, yeah. a mountaintop, and we're out there in the middle of nowhere and just, it was. Doing uh, comedy for them? Or? Uh, well, you know, those things out. we just kind of go out and, oh. <laughs> and goof around a bit and hang out for a bit. And then I did a big show in, in Kandahar at the main base in front of about 5,000 military wow, that's guys. that's crazy, man. Yeah, and that was, it was, it was American, Canadian, Australian, British, French troops. Al, and you've, you've, you've only really been back in the stand-up game for about a year and some change now. And you already, you've got an hour, you said? Like, you do an hour, over an hour? You're, you're... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I tend to do, do usually about an hour and an hour and a half, maybe an hour and a half sometimes. How have you been An hour fi- and 15 minutes is usually what I like to do. How have you been finding it, just, just being on the road again, uh, 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 getting, I'm sure a lot of people are excited to see you because they haven't seen you in a, since the TV. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm sure awesome. you get a lot it's of been, that. It's been very addictive. I can't stop. Uh, I, 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 I love just getting out there and uh, getting up in front of the crowd and and uh, feeling that adrenaline rush of a live performance. You have know, you ever bombed? I don't know if that's the right word to say, but have you had off nights where where you, know, you can feel I, something? Or I have never bombed. Now I don't like to say that because you know then it sort of feels like it might jinx like it. A knock on I, knock on that cross. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is there a cross to knock? Yeah, there's a giant cross over there. Oh yeah, I should knock on that. Knock on the crucifix. I have never bombed. <laughs> I've had nights that have gone a little bit softer than others, but it's I've never bombed. It's never. You, but you can tell when the energy's there, you can feel it. It must be certainly in the first few months. There'd be nights where I'd feel the energy was a little off, and then I've actually would learn. I've learned what to do. Like, like here's, let me tell, okay, if you're starting doing stand-up comedy, okay, let me give you a whole bunch of really quick tips right now, okay? Tips that you'll never hear from anyone else anywhere else, okay? So when you're doing stand-up comedy, you get up on stage, okay? First of all, make eye contact with everybody in the audience as you're talking, okay? Don't, don't look above the audience into the lights like I've been doing for this entire podcast, okay? <laughs> but you, you know, look at people, make eye contact with the people when you're delivering the punchlines, okay? That's, that's the number one thing. Then, when you get in a situation, which always happens, especially at first when you're not maybe doing as well as, as, as you'll eventually do, right? You'll occasionally, you could be killing. You could be just murdering it, just destroying. But there's going to always be, you know, or often there's going to be one guy in the audience who's just having a bad day, yeah, right? And you can see it. Uh... And just, if you look at that guy and it, you let it bother you, it can take down the whole show. So I would suggest just ignore that guy for the rest of the show. Don't look at him. Don't let it bother you. Definitely don't go after him or call him out on, on anything. Just 
because nobody else in the audience knows that this guy's not laughing, right? The guy probably could have, you know, his, his dog could have got run over by a car no, that totally. day. You don't know what happened. You know, he could have gotten dragged out there. Um, you know, never stop talking. You know, uh, if something doesn't go well and if you tell a joke that, you know, usually gets a laugh, it doesn't get a laugh, just just tell your next joke. Don't react to the lack of laugh. Don't sort of, uh, oh, geez, that one normally gets a better laugh. And I heard someone literally do that in the past week, say that one usually gets about yeah, 80%. Yeah, don't do that. It's, a, it's, like, such a, it's such a, it's it's such a, arrogant, a, a yeah. instinctive thing to do, to sort of you know, apologize for something. Because then you basically have just told everybody that the joke bumped. Shit, Whereas if you yeah. just keep talking and tell your next joke, people might have not even known that was your punchline. Well, I, I, you know? When I first started this podcast, my co-host, Jesse, who lives in Alabama now, we had he had a bad habit of being like, oh man, shit, this ain't going so well now. And I'd be like, dude, don't tell them that because they don't know that yet. Yeah, they don't know. You put the, th- you put the seed of idea in their heads yeah. and then they start going, maybe this isn't going well. Maybe he is bombing. I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you have a drunk person uh, who's sort of heckling or yelling or saying stuff, Ignore them for a little bit, you know, because usually what happens is you'll get some drunk, usually it's a, this, some drunk girl is usually what it is. Usually some drunk, usually drunk girl sits in the front row with her friends or with her boyfriend and she's used to being sort of one of these, you know, one of these sort of center of attention yeah, yeah, kind absolutely. of people, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, I hate these people that always want to be in the center of fucking attention. Who the fuck do these people Asshole. think they are, right? But, you know, when you go to a comedy club, you think you're, you're there to watch the person that's there to be the center of attention, right? The comedian, right? The person that's built his entire life about going around standing on stage yeah, telling yeah. stories about himself, right? <laughs> you know, so, uh, <laughs> so they'll sometimes get a little uncomfortable, right? And they, they, they have, hey, look at me, how do you think? And they don't, right? If you ignore them for the first three times they do that and just don't look at them, usually they'll just sort of fall asleep and uh, sort of a chicken wing food coma kind of thing. <laughs> I can picture the girl you and describing. Go, and if you go after them, right, and, and go after them right away, usually it encourages them, then you turn into this whole thing. So I, I get a lot of people that come to my show and get really, really fucking drunk at my show. A lot of people come to my show, come to party at my show. And so I've kind of learned to kind of calm down to certain handle, people yeah, yeah. And, 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 and keep that energy going the way you want it to go. But, you know, uh, you know, this, this is just kind of uh, everybody's got to go sort it out and figure it out. I would recommend uh, reading a book by Steve Martin called Born Standing Up, which is ama- an amazing uh, book about uh, how to do stand-up comedy. I, I, I've read it uh, several times now, and uh, and uh, I'm definitely stealing all of Steve Martin's ideas out of that book for and sure. You, and you folks can check in on everything Tom has learned and taught you here today. Uh, at, this weekend at Flappers. At, at Flappers in Burbank. Absolutely. And you can check out, uh, follow, uh, where, where can people find you, sir? What do you got coming up? Anything you're excited about? Anything you want the people to know? You know, I, I am just, honestly, I'm just basically for the next few months, I'm just going to keep... Uh, I'm going to be on the road pretty hard. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh next week. Then I'm going to be in Edmonton, Canada. Oh, someone asked uh, if you had UK dates coming up. Uh, was it was it a question uh, from not Twitter? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. I don't okay. have any yet. Uh, but I'm, I'm looks like I may be going back to Australia in the fall. And uh, but until then, I'm just basically focusing on just finishing up uh, writing this show, continuing to write some new stuff, and uh, and uh, I have some exciting things that are in the works with. Uh, with the website and with some new web adventures that I'm getting ready to to, to do. But I'll, I'll come back and talk to you Absolutely, about that. yeah, yeah. And, and anytime you want, man. And people, yeah. So people can check you out at tomgreen.com. Tomgreen.com and on the road. You can get all the tour dates there. I want to say, too, I just want to say I feel um, 
I feel bad about the microphone thing. Um, <laughs> I'm, the over beginning. I'm over it. It was that thing that I'm actually, you know, that sort of angry thing that I do on my website. I was telling you about right now. Yeah, yeah, the screaming thing. Yeah, the screaming thing. I'm just, I'm not going to do that anymore. So you're retiring that on this show? I feel honored, sir. I'm going to try to retire that thing. It's it's hard. It's hard for me to not do it. Um, but uh, you know, I do think that I, I do think that I prefer to stay positive. And and I wasn't mad about the microphone. All right, I I, I believe you. No, no, no. I I and I, and I appreciate I appreciate I your honesty about, about it. Though, I appreciate man, you, know? you reaching out to me, uh, you know, six months ago or whatever it was, and asking me to come up here to the Smod Castle and. And, uh, you know, uh, take me, uh, up here to, you know. No, it was a no-brainer, sir. And like I hang said. Hang out with you and, and Kevin like that s- night was a lot of fun. I've had and, a great time up here. I, and really, like I, s- I really dig what you guys are doing here at the Smod Castle. This is unbelievable. I appreciate Independent that, sir. media. Independent media. You know, I think if independent thinking, uh, comedians and artists around the world unite and create things like this and web them all together, and you know we we don't have to deal with corporate television. It's solidarity. Anymore. We make our own studio, and it's a studio of the yeah. people, as it were. You know what Absolutely. I mean? We don't have to deal with bullshit and bureaucracy. And Tom, I really, I uh, everyone could check out uh, Tom Green Live on Twitter. Uh, yep. Tom Green LA. I really, really want to thank you, man, and 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 just for for chatting with me on the show. But honestly, and I know this sounded, it'll sound, sound it's kind of sentimental, but you really, really did mean a lot to me and my kind no. of comedy development and what you and what you did, and you really did pave the way for. For people to to think outside the box in terms of I can do what I want to do and enjoy it and and Thanks. turn it into a career, you know what I'm saying? So I really really do appreciate Thanks, that, man. Thanks, man. Well, you know it's nice of you to say, you know, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. The no, show. dude, thank you so and, much, uh, man. And uh, you know, uh, definitely uh, let all those bagged and boarded uh, fans out there uh, know about these shows at Flappers, man. I'm Absolutely, gonna, we're gonna tweet about. We're gonna rock the fucking house at Flappers. We'll tweet it up. It. You know what we'll do every anytime. Anytime you got a local I'm show, I'm coming to Pittsburgh. I'm coming to Tampa. I'm gonna be in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm gonna be. In, we will pimp uh, your calendar, Fort sir. Yeah. I'm coming to uh, uh, all sorts of places. And just check out TomGreen.com for all the dates. Go see him do some stand-up. Yeah. Tom, thank you so much for thank joining you. me here. Sir. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Thanks again. Thank Tom you. Green, ladies Smart and gentlemen. Smod Castle! <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, folks, you can find me here every week. We got some really big shit coming up. End of this month, if you are in the Los Angeles area, I will be at Anaheim Wizard World podcasting live from the festivities. We got some crazy guests coming up. Uh, April 20th, we're going to be at Golden Apple Comics podcasting with Ziggy Marley. On May 7th, we're going to be at Golden Apple Comics with Robert Kirkman for free comic book day. If you're waking, walking dead fans, waking or walking, you could pick what the zombies do. It's a free fucking world. Uh, to check out this show, as always, smodcast.com, bagboarded.com, and uh, cameltoadproductions.com. We are brought to you by the fine folks at Golden Apple Comics again. Find me on Twitter. Check out sponsors and everything, man. We do, man. We're, we're trying to get official, man. We're, we're, we're legitimizing. Uh, what do they give you? Comic books? Or? It's exactly it. Comic yeah. books and guests. I swear to God, I shit you not. I get comic. <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a cool deal working out there. I like comic books. Only one a week. But <laughs> don't read it too fast. I get one from DC and one from no, no, no. Look at every picture <laughs> twice. I draw my own and then sketch yeah. it and make yeah, my own exactly. comics so oh, the yeah. fun lives on. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at uh, Camel Toad and Smodcastle, uh, folks. If you want to. Uh, 
talk to me at all, or talk to me, I don't fucking know the right word for it anymore. If you want to send in any mail to the show, the e-dress, the e-dress which is a new word for email address, because I'm saving time. It's like an electric scissor. Yeah. The e-dress is a bag of boarded... It's not a time limit, though. You don't have to hit a break or anything, do you? You don't have a post you got to hit, do you? you we, no. We could, we could just keep talking right Forever, now. Forever, yeah. You could go on for another 10 minutes. Totally. You want to go on for another 10 minutes? What do you yeah, want to talk we about? Could, so we could get into some in-depth conversation about the military-industrial complex. What do we got? Oh, I hate that complex. My least favorite complex. Yeah, or we could uh, talk about the JFK assassination. I'm down with that. Yeah. What could... do you think? Magic, magic, uh, you're going with Grassy Knoll Shooter? Yeah, it was the Cuban Secret Service in uh, in conjunction with, with the, the Russian with, with the KGB. KGB. Yeah, did Johnson this, have anything to do with it? I read this in uh, the secret history of the CIA. Did LBG have a- anything to do with it? No, no, no. Either. So it wasn't it wasn't his it wasn't no. for Vietnam. It wasn't you know, because Kennedy John, was John F. Out. Kennedy uh, made more assassination attempts on foreign leaders than any president in the history. He did the, the exploding United cigar, right? Yeah, exploding cigars and. Uh, you know, poison tooth. When your president is acting like Wiley e. Coyote, you know you are in safe hands. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, Fidel Castro just turned around and got him first. Back then, it was a lot easier to do. <laughs> it was just, yeah, you just had yeah, to. Yeah, you just uh, put some guys in an inflatable boat and floated them over to Florida. <laughs> they got in a bus to Dallas, head out behind a fence, and. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Green just debunked JFK. He yeah. debunked the CIA. He debunked yeah. comedy. Yeah. Everything happened here yeah. tonight on Bagged and Boarded. Yeah, there's never been a man on the moon. Never been a man on the moon. Hit us. Break our, break our illusions real quick. Yeah. Give us your top five burn list and let's get out of here. Boom. Blow our minds. Never been a man on the moon. Never been a man on the moon. What, uh, 9-11. Was it us or was it, did it really happen? Uh, no comment. No comment. Uh, Glenn Homblake, no comment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, UFOs are real and they're you, visiting the planet. Ghosts? Uh, ghosts, no. There's no such thing. Okay, Bigfoot? Yes, that's true. Okay. And um, someone hit me. Let's get a fan one. Anyone, anyone shout out the last one. Loch Ness Monster Loch Ness is true. Monster. Loch Ness Monster is true. Loch Ness Monster is true. Uh, what? That's Yeti. the same thing. Same thing as Bigfoot. Same thing. Thing is Bigfoot. Yeah, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't need to go to the yeah. audience on that one. So their teeth are slightly longer, but... There was a rumor that Clark the, the, Gable killed a guy the, and that the MGM covered it up. Is that true? Uh, on a boat, right? He, he, uh, he was a, there was the variation I heard is that he was a drunk driver and then he hit somebody. Oh, really? Is that true? Yeah, no, sorry. It might have been Randolph Hearst that shot somebody on a boat. You know, there's a great book. Or uh, Natalie about Wood. That. I'd never heard that one about Clark Gable, but, uh, the, you know, you know, yeah, I believe it too. And I don't know anything about it. I believe that. <laughs> so now, yeah. So there's that, yeah, Clark Gable. Clark Gable, you know, I never fucking liked Clark Gable anyways. This is like a podcast version of Mythbusters. Everybody knows Clark Gable is overrated. Clark Gable's overrated. Yeah, everyone knows that. No one Who the fuck is that guy anyways? I've never seen him in a movie. What the fuck did he even fucking do? Casablanca? Who gives a fuck? No, not Gone Ca- with the Wind. See? There you go. Gone with the That's boring. That's like, yeah, Gone with the four-hour movie. Gone with the fucking boring movie. And we are Gone with it. And Gone with this podcast, Tom... Thank you again for joining Thank us, sir. You. Well, Thank dude, we, anytime you want to come back, we can talk about whatever. Yeah. We could do an hour about Gone with the Wind. You got somewhere you got to be or something? No, no, no. Just time-wise, time-wise, I get, I get yelled at. I, get, so I, I indulge a little bit too long. I go okay. a little too long sometimes, so okay. I'm trying to... Is keep, the hard drive running out of keep space? Keep everyone or happy. Like no, it's the server, man. Smodcast servers. We got a lot of shows going on. Oh, I got to okay. I got to share the wealth. Oh, I see. I, I got to share the wealth. And as you did with us tonight, and I, I really appreciate you being here again, Tom Green, ladies and gentlemen, Thank give you. it up. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Matt Cohen. It's been bagged and boarded, and it's and been I'm real. Tom Gr- oh. what? what? Yeah. Bagged and boarded live.
Find more funny shit like this at Smodcast.com. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Jen Schwalbach. And here's what's happening every day at Smodcast.com. On Sunday, it's me and Scott Mosier doing the original Smodcast. On Mondays, it's Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. On Tuesdays, it's Blowhard with Malcolm Ingram. Also on Tuesday, my personal favorite, Plus One. That's the one where you and I talk. That is. And you get naked. (laughs) On Wednesdays, it's me and Jason Mewes doing Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. On Thursdays, it's Puck Nuts with Walt Flanagan, Ming Chen, and Brian Johnson. And don't forget Sunday Jeff. And then on Friday, they lose Sunday Jeff, and it's just Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson, and Brian Quinn, and sometimes Ming Chen taking some abuse on Tell Em Steve Dave. On Saturdays, it's Red State of the Union. Highlands, a peephole history. One of the shows iTunes chose one of the best podcasts of 2010. Smarriage at Smodcastle, one of my favorites. That's where I actually become Rev Kev and marry motherfuckers. We sit down, interview them, find out about their entire lives. At the end of it, they're literally married. And all of it's free. Don't cost you a dime. Seven days a week, we bring you the free funny. Nice. You sound like a pitch person there, man. What else can you sell me? Show me a little boob. I'll buy. (sighs) (laughs) Smartcast.com. <laughs>